Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Oh, hey, hey, hey! It's me, Dr. Fuck, with the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, and you know who's with me all the time. Yeah! Fuck yeah, after a long hiatus. Well, for us, it's a long hiatus. For everybody else, it's just a month. A month is nothing. But for us, me and this guy, are always we're always fucking doing the show because we love us so much. We love you guys too, but we love to hear us uh, go back and forth. Because after all, how cool is it to be on the greatest fucking podcast known to man? It's pretty fucking cool. No, no, no. It's the best. It's the best. You know, all other podcasts, they're like, yeah, dude, dude, yeah, really cool, man. Rock and Metal Combat's best. But you know, deep inside, they're saying, fuck, man. Those guys own us. Anyway, this is a real special episode. This ain't even an episode. This is our Christmas present to everybody that listens to us. We're giving you two episodes this weekend. Because me and Ian has been away for so long that there's so much news has gone on. I've been to shows. Ian's been to shows. Ian's been to San Francisco with Bill Wang. So you know there's a lot of shit to talk about. And I think the way we should start this show is like the most important thing that happened was Ian going to San Francisco. And you know what? I don't even know the stories yet. I mean, I know one part. You you, you should discuss the little song I sang, uh, sang for you while you were over there. But uh, you can bring that up later. But as of now, I want to hear about... Bill Wang, the, the the legend, the phantom of San Francisco, I would like to call him, because nobody knows what he looks like. And isn't it true, the whole time you were there, he had his arm on his face? That is true. You, didn't, you still don't know what he looked like. Uh-uh. Amazing. Uh, it was an amazing trip, and I want to thank Bill Wang so much for his hospitality, for you know putting up my ass for like four days. And it, it got off to a rocky start, man. Uh, I, I flew out of New Orleans to L.A., and it was supposed to just be there a half hour. And we were going to have a Thursday night, just like getting wild and crazy. And even uh, uh, another fan of the show, Will Clare, Chubby, was supposed to meet up with us. But my plane broke down, <laughs> and I got I had to stay in L.A. for like four hours. And it, it was hell. Uh, so I didn't get to do much Thursday night, but... Uh, Finally, you know, land. They, I even I was supposed to land in Oakland. They and then I went to San Francisco, and Bill met me, and and I told him, "Hey, have some beers ready," and he did. <laughs> he had a whole bag of Rolling Rocks waiting for me. <laughs> and uh, even though I got there late, we you know we walked around downtown. Now uh, I, I, I got to tease Bill a little bit because everywhere we went, he said, "Oh, it's about ten minutes," and he told me he lived like within two blocks of where. Um, he stays. Uh, yeah, it was like 57 blocks. I'm walking with luggage. Wow. I, yeah, I walked over 22 miles. And, and you had trip. to go. You had to go uphill and shit, right? Oh, oh, oh a lot of up there. But I tell you what, San Francisco is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Yeah, I've been there. And uh, and uh, you know, did it did it mine. Uh, but oh man, are my dogs barking because I walked my fucking ass off. But 
man, did, did I have an awesome time. So the first night, man, I'm jet lagged and we just slammed some beers and crashed. But we got up the next morning, man, walked down to the pier, hit some fucking bars. Now, San Francisco, I got to say, they're a little pricey compared to, you know, New Orleans here, you know, a drunkard's paradise. A little bit pricey, but we still had a great time. He took me to all these different bars, and we just walked around. We made a Vinnie Vincent video uh, that he put up on his page. I haven't seen and, it yet. I gotta look for that. Yeah, we didn't find Vinnie Vincent, and I, I did try to find the true identity of the Zodiac Killer, but uh, I don't think we got an answer on that, but we did find out there is a new serial killer in San Francisco. Alright. Yeah, we found that out from a transient. Uh... And next day, we uh, we went to the Golden Gate Bridge. I walked the Golden Gate Bridge all the way across and back. I saw Holy the picture. Shit. It was cool. Oh, man. What a, what a great time. And, you know, again, we just partied and drank and, uh, you know, just had an amazing time. And then after the Golden Gate Bridge, I met Lee Gersman. Our awesome super fan, Lee Gersman. Man, what a fucking character. Him and his buddy Larry made a trip over from Oakland. And, uh, I, you know, I wish we could have had a little bit more time. But uh, we did have some prior engagements later that night. So uh, I think we got to hang out for about an hour, hour and a half. But uh, I got to... <laughs> I feel bad for Larry. I think Larry wanted to see me, like, falling down drunk. And I, I'll tell you what, even though as much as I was drinking, doing that much walking, you stay sober. Because you're just... You're, you're exercising as you drink. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he did look at me with little puppy dog eyes, expecting me to be a little bit, uh, drunker. And, uh, and, but, but he was very excited to see me. We, we had a good time. Him and his friend Larry, was, uh, man, they, these are some unique characters, man. Uh, but we had a fucking blast. Uh, Lee gave me a, a copy of his book, which, Lee, I'm sorry to say, I have no idea where it is. I woke up the next day and it was gone. He wrote a book? Yes, he wrote it. I believe it was a short story, but he had it nice printed up a cover page and everything. And Lee, I'm sorry. I don't know, man. It was a long night. When I woke up the next day, it was gone. So send me the cliff notes. Because <laughs> I do want to read it. But uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what happened. But uh, then the next day... We had to get up, and I was going to see my beloved Oakland Raiders take on Chris Sinzak's cheap-ass Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, man. And, uh, oh, man. And uh, we get there. I was supposed to meet up with a friend of mine. And on the way to take a piss, you know, behind a, a, a trailer, <laughs> I met some cool-ass people, man. And, uh, and, man, my essays in Oakland, man, they took me and Wang in like family. They're like, hey, you know, we're just laughing, pissing. He goes, what are you doing? You got people here? And I'm like, well, I'm supposed to meet you. He goes, come have some beers with us. Come come have some food. And these guys, I want to, uh, Playboy. Playboy, I'm sorry, I don't know your real name, but I got pictures with all these people. Man, they fed us. We had, like, the best Mexican food. They had plenty of Mexican beer. It was incredible. But, whoo, we got a little bit too fucked up. You know, Wayne brought a little bottle of, of uh, Jameson with them, and we're kicking that back and everything else. Next thing you know, the game starts like, holy fuck, we got to get in there. So a problem I did notice in San Francisco is a lot of places won't take debit cards. 
Oh, and it'd be, you know, you think, yeah, you think 2015, you know, there's ATMs everywhere, but nobody wants to take the debit card. You got to go with cash. So in a hurry, and I'm already fucked up, I go to the debit machine. And even their debit machines are different than what I'm used to. Most of ours, you know, you stick the card in. Well, this was a swipe one, and I didn't see it. And I stuck my card in where the receipts come out. Oh. <laughs> Oh my God, dude! And I was fucked. That was my. That was everything. That was every. Like I couldn't even go home if I didn't get this card out. Man, I spent the entire first half of the football game waiting by this ATM machine for somebody to come open. And like for a while, they're like, "Well, you're just gonna have to call your bank." I'm like, "Dude, my bank isn't fucking doing." I'm like, "If I don't have this card, I can't get fucking home." I am freaking the fuck out. And uh, you know, we had great seats, and I'm like getting pissed because I'm missing the game. And it was a really close game until I went and watched it. <laughs> and I got to see a nice halftime ceremony where they, you know, Tim Brown, my favorite Raider of all time, uh, you know, that, you know, he got inducted into the, uh, the Football Hall of Fame this year. So I got to see that ceremony. I heard, it was very I heard, nice. I heard he's getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, too. Yeah, yeah, he's getting yeah be, before Judas Priest. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, the, the second half, we just got our ass kicked. <laughs> But you know what? I don't give a fuck. You know, I always said going in, it's like, hey, you know, I, I'm not going to let a football game dictate my vacation. I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of it. And uh, how we made it home from that game, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> and that was Sunday. And then the next day, Wang had to go back to work, and I hung around Stately Wang Manor for a little bit, and then I had to get my ass back to Oakland and fly on out. And there was a lot I wanted to do that I got to do and a lot I didn't get to do. But I'm going back next year. This is going to be as long as Wayne's in San Francisco. I'm going to go back every year and catch a Raider game and just hang out with, with Wang, man. And uh, I can't thank him enough for his hospitality, for showing me a good time. What a guy. I mean, it's obvious why he's the favorite guest that we have. And uh, and, and I also want to send out a special uh, shout-out to, to, to Lee Gersman. And to Larry, it was so nice to me. And Larry is a is a fan of the show too. He's not on the Facebook page, but uh, he definitely knew his shit about the show, and it, it meant a lot. And I I can tell it meant a lot to him too, which made me feel you know weird because I'm just me. But uh, he seemed happy to meet me, and I was more than happy to meet him. So Lee, thank you for coming to see me. All right, cool. And uh, you left out a part where I, I believe it was the first night you were there. You tuned into the Dr. Fuck show. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, I was very fucked up on Johnny Walker. No, Johnny Walker on the rocks, right? I'm doing my episodes good, I don't know, eight hours into it or something. I was on for a while. And I grabbed my acoustic guitar and I'm doing some stupid shit on my, you know, singing stupid songs. And I sang a stupid song for Ian because Ian was actually listening. First time ever. I saw him in the yeah. chat room. I was like, holy shit. Ian's in the chat room and he's in San Francisco with Bill Wang, so I just picked up my guitar and I sang a song right off the cuff. And it was uh, kind of Nostradamus ish. Because in the lyrics, I talk about the Raiders losing. And uh, <laughs> let me play that song so that people can hear it, you know? And this is what you get from the Dr. Fuck Show Spontaneous Bullshit on thatmetalstation.com. Uh, Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, Sundays, they repeated it at 1 p.m. Eastern. So this is my song. I forgot the name of it. I think it was like Ian and 
and Wang getting drunk in San Francisco. So here it is. This song is called Ian is Drunk Now in San Francisco with Bill Wang. Burp. Burp, burp, burp. I am Ian Wadling. I wish I was dating Easy Stradlin. I am Ian Wadling. Izzy straddling, put on a strap on and straddle me. I am Ian Wadley. I'm in San Francisco. I hate the elder, but I love my liver. That's a lie. I hate my liver. That's why I drink so damn much. I am drunk in San Francisco Here is where I hang I am drunk in San Francisco With Bill Wang Tell about it now Ian Wiley in San Francisco Ian Wiley in San Francisco Ian Wiley in San Francisco He's gonna watch his Raiders fucking lose, yeah! Fucking lose. But it doesn't matter. Cause San Francisco has alcohol too. It doesn't matter. He will not stop at 22. It's more than 100 beers. Maybe 200 beers Ian Wally You are one drunk bastard And I love you so I love you Ian That was song That's a song called Ian Wally and Bill Wang In San Francisco Getting drunk right now Alright That was my Original spontaneous tune To uh, Ian and Bill Wang And uh and, and, and I kind of got the whole vibe all the way over, all the way over here in Miami Beach, Florida. I knew what was going on over there. So uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you had a good time, bro. So um, and you know what, man? I mean, this 2016 is kind of fucked for me. But man, if I get good time on 2017, maybe I'll go with you next time. And it'll be oh. you, me, and Bill Wang in San Francisco. Holy shit! Oh, wow. Well, thanks for the heads up, because that gives me enough time to get bail money. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. We're going to shake San Francisco like like an earthquake. Anyway. Yeah, you want, the, you want the big one. Here it is. That's right. And, you know, I've been there before, so I, I really love that place. Anyway, so you want to get into the news? Uh... Yeah, well, I mean, we got news. We got we got new iTunes reviews. Yeah, got, get, uh, get into the iTunes review. Then we got to talk about the review of our last show, the Guns N' Roses. We will do. And then before the news as well, we need to talk about me just being released from my Facebook ban as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about that either. All right. So much, so much drama in the LBC. Got it. So much but, news. This is going to be one of our greatest episodes because it's not like we're focusing on one band. We're focusing on like 20 bands. We got comments on like 20 something bands of local, of, you know, not so current. Even news that happened like a month ago. You know, it's been a while. But let's get into the iTunes review. 
All right, now we've definitely got some more star ratings. We have we, we have we have a lot more star ratings than we have actual reviews. But that's cool. Hey, you just want to leave a five star and you can't spell? I get that shit. That's cool. But uh, let's see, we got three new reviews to, to uh, discuss, and one of them is pretty scathing. So you know we can get into that too. Okay. But uh, the the first one is from Gate uh, Gate. Well, that's a Freudian slip. Uh, Greg Synth Bootlegs, who you all know as uh, Greg Barnes. Oh, yeah, from, from, from Ironcast. Yes. And uh, it, it's kind of hard to read because it, you have to read it like he says it, so let me get in character. <laughs> this podcast is awesome. Always worth a listen. Five stars. Then he writes, if you want entertainment, comedy, passion, emotion, and consistently great work, this is the best podcast to subscribe to. Ralph Vieira and Ian Wadley are the two great guys who review albums with charisma and passion. You will not be disappointed when you listen to their episodes. I always look forward to the next episode, and I love what they have to say about the band slash artist they are reviewing. All right, great. Thanks, Thanks for Greg. that manly review. Thanks. That's awesome. And uh, we got to give a shout out to Ironcast. They're, yeah, they're doing podcast, great. They're, yeah. They're, yeah, I was part of it. I, I, they were nice enough to have me on to to talk about Thrasher Die, which was awesome, and Combat. So I thank those guys for doing it. It's a good podcast. Check them out. And I'm on a future episode. I also did another episode. I don't know when they're gonna air it, but uh, I uh, it's kind of similar to you, Ian. I guess you rubbed off on me. I kind of attacked Greg on that one, but you know, Greg loved it. Yeah. He's like one of those guys that yeah. you know you can tie up and take him to one of those. Dominating places. I mean, after all, goddamn, his favorite artist is Elton John. Need I say more? Exactly. And I also have another future episode. I'm currently on their highest-rated episode, so I, I, I'm living off of that. That that is my other claim to fame. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, and I do have another one, and I can't wait to hear yours and and and, and the next one. I, I need to get caught up on that, but I've really enjoyed what I've heard so far. They're they're doing a real good job there, Mr. T. Luke and Greg, very happy for you guys. Wish you best success. Now, <laughs> we got to get into one. Wow. Here's somebody who really doesn't like us. I read it. And this guy, everything he doesn't like about us is what everybody loves about us. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. it's not for you, my friend. Okay, go ahead. And uh, I guess it could have been worse. He could have gave us a one star. He gave us a glowing two star review. Oh, I thought it was a zero. No, uh, he gave us two stars. Okay, that's not bad. Okay, so here you go, plebe. This is simply entitled Boring and Moronic. <laughs> hey, already. The moronic part. Come on. How, it's awesome being moronic, man. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's the boring. I disagree. Yeah, the boring. Anyway, no, no, that, he's wrong there. He's boring. All right. Two guys. One in his late 30s slash early 40s. The other in his late 40s slash early 50s. Who sounds like Bob Nabland with the list. No, uh, it's actually Bob Nabablian, who has a, You know, we never talked about this guy. He's got an awesome podcast, too. Uh, I will talk okay. about him later. This is a guy that grew up with Metallica. He's part of the San Francisco, oh, okay. like, 
he's he's like good friends with Arm of Satan and all that shit. And he's oh, okay. and he gave a positive review to Thrasher Dies Pulls a Holocaust. He's a really nice guy. Uh, but uh it says talks about 70s slash 80s hard rock and metal in the mentality of 15 year old boys. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah, that's I true. I, 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 I don't see nothing wrong okay. with that. Right. The format is they read some metal news, then they go track by track through an album and give their opinions on each song. Production quality is middle of the road. It's not the worst I've heard from a podcast, but they just let the tape roll for two hours with the album streaming underneath. Minimal minimal editing, and it seems like little thought or preparation put into each episode, which I call bullshit on that. Well, no, no. On uh, your end, on your end, that's bullshit. Okay. On my end, okay. I put no preparation whatsoever. Yeah. But I do edit the fuck out of the show, and you have to add music and all that. I do do a lot of edit to keep it down to two hours because right. me and Ian tend to babble. And I do cut a lot of fat out of the show. Sometimes I, I cut really good stuff out of the show just to make it two hours long. So this guy, how does he know minimal editing? I mean, he, how, oh, oh, I know why he says that. Because I'm so fucking good at editing, you can't notice it's editing. Thank okay. you. Well, <laughs> I think he just hates what I have to say and, and thinks so little of what I contribute. But anyway, uh, he says, I want to like this, but it is almost unlistable. I like their passion and the music discussed, but they are just boring. <laughs> there is there is not real wit or humor, as other people have mentioned. Just a lot of lame insults, swearing, and misinformation on bands discussed. They really don't offer any new or interesting opinions. It's just... I and he doesn't even write fucking. He puts, uh, you know, a lot of. I mean, maybe this guy's got a Christian hair up his ass or some religious shit. But he says, I just fucking like this song or like this song sucks. I listened to a few early. I listened to a few early episodes, some middle and more recent ones. I thought maybe they would evolve or get better. But the only thing that changes is their level of drunkenness in any given show. Well, which is go. funny because. Yeah. Which is funny because I'm the only one that's drinking. Yeah, but, uh, but I'm such a moron, it's not like I'm drunk. <laughs> there you go. A little more effort in researching the bands and thinking about what they want to say, and a little less trying to be shocking. It... Oh, God, what? Oh, you're, you're still talking about the review, man? God, this, yeah. re this review is oh. boring. It could be a good show, but as it is, I will be skipping despite loving this type of music. I guarantee you he's listening right now. Hypocrite. Oh, all you guys are fucking hypocrites. And you know what? I, I give your review two stars. <laughs> uh, what I will say is, hey, some stuff I... Hey, man, we, we keep it that mentality. This is fucking heavy metal. This isn't fucking Mumford and Sons. No, you know, and... look, look, look. In this guy's defense, I'll say this. It's his opinion, and he's right to it. It's not his thing. I, that I can understand. I can understand that. So I'm not really going to bash the guy. Everything he said, that's fine. It's your opinion. But you know what, dude? It's like, we're not for you. That's what I say. Right. Like, when people, like, bash my bands, it's like, we're, I have, so, like, okay, go to my videos. We have, like, 10,000 likes and, like, 56 dislikes. It's like, we're not for you, 56. We're for these 10,000 people. So it doesn't really matter if we... Dude, and I said this to you a long time ago, Ian. We are going to have haters. It's just the way it is. 
there's not one band, there's not one podcast, there's nothing out there that's 100% liked by everybody. What you right. what and we what we do is not for everybody, and I'm surprised it took this long yes. for us to get a negative review. Yes, and I was gonna say that's the first thing you told me is you can't believe it took this long. Uh, what I will say is, you know, there is nothing I would change about this show. No, I I I mean, you know, what what I you know, I'd like to get maybe some more guests and stuff like that. But as far as how we do the show. This is what I, and first and foremost, we have to make each other laugh. You know, I mean, we love the fans, but we do this for us. We do it the way we want to do it. And uh, I, I love the way we're doing it. I've listened to some other podcasts that, while they sound excellent, have great production value and all this, when they're talking, it could be like, I've checked out some like, oh, I love this album. I can't wait to hear what they have to say. And it's like, and then this happened, and on yeah, that day. But, but again, Ian, it's like, know, it's like, but then there's people that do like that. You know, yeah, it's not, and, it's not and, like and, we're and, ba- we're bashing other podcasts. Here's the thing. Right. Other podcasts are just not like us. And you know what you were just saying? Like some, you know, some, some of that shit I actually like. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Because I will say, I'll, I'll say it right now. Chris Jericho, I hate his podcast. I hate that guy's podcast. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get and, and here's the fucked up thing. Is I love Chris Jericho. I think he's a great wrestler. I think he's funny. But his podcast is so, and I get it because he's bigger. Like he has to be more, uh, you know, PC because of his sponsors, and he has to be more neutral because of the guests he has. I get that, but man, he went on History uh, Science Theater and got drunk and was funny. Was so much better than he is on his podcast. And I've listened to other podcasts where, like, man, I really care about this shit. But it's like, to that, if it's just straight up like facts and like. Well, on this day, he had quiche, and it upset his tummy. I could give a fuck less. I want some attitude. I want some salty language, because that's how I am in real life. And I got a feeling this this guy's just a sticking in the mud uh, that was offended by our language and stuff like that. And I have a sneaking suspicion that we both <coughs> fucked his mother. So that that could be... Oh, the, fuck. I didn't think of that. That's what usually happens when people don't like me. Because they... The for going out for that pack of cigarettes and never coming back. Ah, man. I'm sorry, dude. Merry Christmas, well, by the way. Yes, yes. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, let's get into a guy that loves us. And uh, this is by Dego Fab or Dego Fab. And it's titled, For True Rock and Metal Fans, Five Stars. Okay. Is that all you said? No, no. I, no, that's the title of the review. Okay, okay. Now, now you're going to hear, like, what most people think of us. All right. Nine out of and ten he, is about what you're about to hear. He says, and I quote, This podcast is a real-life true metal lover's paradise. Ralph and Ian generally love and live this music. Both these dudes definitely know their stuff. I've learned something new each episode. Each episode... They pick a rock or metal album and they review it track by track. Their knowledge and commentary is insightful and spot on. The humor they bring to the show is also fantastic. Unlike other shows with rock personalities, these dudes are down to earth and quite knowledgeable about all the music. It's obvious that both Ralph, who happens to play in a band called Thrash or Die, and Ian have truly lived and loved rock and metal that they talk about on the show. Keep it up, guys. You have a lifelong fan in me, the Rob. 
Uh, I thank you. I thank everybody that loves us. And, you know, and again, I want to, you know, I know I came off a little bitter and attacking the guy, but the truth is that guy that gave us a negative review, I do understand you, dude, because there's people that love Chris Jericho's podcast. So who am I to judge your thing? What you don't like about us is what other people love about us. And that's the same thing goes for Thrash or A lot of people don't like Thrash or because at times, not all the time, but at times we're a little humorous. Uh, and people don't like fun in music, you know, and, but then there's people that love it. So, you know, it's like, it's okay. But when, when people actually talk to you, like they're the authority and like the people that love you don't matter. That's when I get mad. It's like, fuck you, you know, but, and, uh, you know, another, another thing is we, we, we've had fans write us that, uh, you know, have, have had terrible tragedies in their life like real shit like real shit and this has happened on uh, a few occasions and said that man just listen to our show gives them a break from real life drama and makes them smile oh yeah and, yeah you know and shit like that you know a, a million fucking reviews won't take that away i mean i've got some shit on my phone that i will never delete because sometimes i just read that and think like wow Something that we just do, you know, it, it affects a lot of other people, man. It makes them happy. And that makes all the difference in the world. And now I'll take three of those over a million bad reviews. So that's, fuck it, that's, we ain't changing yeah, thing. That's my point. When it comes to people like that, it's fine. That's fine. But you're really like a blip on my screen because what matters are the people, the people on our Facebook page every week are there to listen. Every week are there talking about our show. You know, and, and contributing and loving us. And, you know, I mean, some even love Ian. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's true. And that's like, how like cool your, we are. Like, like my mom. mom. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought it was so cool, man. What? Uh, a buddy of mine, uh, a buddy of ours on the Facebook page, this is one thing he wrote me. He was telling me how his wife hates this music. But, but he made her listen to it, and she loves the show. And, uh, and it said that she especially loves all the mother jokes. And I thought that's great that a woman, you know, a, another mother could appreciate the mother jokes. Well, there you go. You see, mother jokes, people, even moms love it, you know, and I'm glad. And that's really cool to hear. And uh, is that the end of the iTunes reviews? Yeah, that is the end of the iTunes review. But before we get into the news, there's one other thing I got to talk about, man. This is, I mean, it's a special present, man. We're going to keep this shit going. Uh, I just got back from a two-week Facebook ban. Now, what's pretty fucked up is every Sunday morning, when I when I uh, post the show and it go, goes up, as soon as I post the show, I usually spend about an hour to an hour and a half tagging it on different Facebook groups that are metal-related, hard rock or metal-related. Uh, some weeks it's more than some weeks it's like 60 groups. Some weeks it's over a hundred. And I try to be respectful, you know, if it's like, you know, Thrash Metal Mania Facebook group, you know, I, I don't tag fucking LA Guns. I mean, even though we haven't done an LA Guns. But you know what I mean? I try to keep it within the, the right spectrum. Right. But we did an episode a couple weeks ago, which was a Ace Fraley, Fraley's Comet Zography Review. And I'm a member of like fucking over a, like almost a hundred KISS groups. Now there's a shit ton of other metal groups that I post in every week. 
And a lot of them, you think like, oh, they might not like this, but I post it anyway. Like, it could be like, uh, you know, true heavy metal spirit. And I'll put then Lizzie, which isn't, you know, like metal, metal, but tons of people in that group will love it because they're open-minded and they're not assholes. But you know who are assholes? Kiss fans. Like, really, like, weird, like, Kiss fans that are, like, not too far removed from Trekkies and shit. And I love Star Trek, and I love Kiss, so don't, you know, don't, oh, he's making fun of me. Alright? But there are, like, Kiss fan pages that are entitled, like, I only like songs where Mark St. John plays the solo. And if you post anything that isn't on Animalize, they get all butthurt. And instead of just, like, well, I'm not gonna click on that, because it doesn't interest me. No, they lose their fucking shit because they're mad they live in their mom's basement and the only power they have in life is uh, they're an administrator on a fucking page or some shit like that on Facebook. Hey, this isn't real life, people. It's fucking Facebook. All right, wake up, America. It's awesome you can meet awesome people from Facebook, but it's Facebook, all right? We all know you got that headshot that doesn't show how fat your fucking ass is. It's not, you know, it's not real life. That's kind of like me there. I've I've gained some weight lately, dude. But my pictures, I look kind of slim because it's only my face. There, oh, there boy. you go. And hey, by there the way, go. I'm I'm no different than them. I ban assholes. Yeah. No, I I hear you, but here's the thing: it's like some people they're like, hey, no soliciting. But soliciting to me is like if you're selling something. Like people are joined just to like try to sell Ray-Ban sunglasses. I'm not trying to sell anything. Oh man. I'm just I am just trying to say, "Hey, you might be interested in this. Maybe check." I got into a big time with a chick on a Slayer page when I posted the thing for uh for our Repentless review. And this bitch lost her shit. Hey, no promoting shit. I'm like, "You're a Slayer fan page. We're talking about the new Slayer album. The people on your page might want to live and dude go back and forth and i was like you know what just delete me yeah I'm like i don't i don't need this bullshit and, and i do anytime somebody bitches about me posting a thing that's fine you know what i do i leave the fucking page because if you're that butthurt then fuck you obviously you don't have a sense of humor but anyway and if nobody cares if nobody cares it's going to be buried or you can delete the 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 post but to start shit right it was a girl a slayer fan that was a girl yeah, but she, hell, she like she wanted me to know she was an administrator and yeah, she well, could ban me. Well, and I was like, bitch, bitch, ban me. I don't care. The problem <laughs> is that bitch, when I gave her a facial, it went up her nose. She saw butthurt, saw that I was part of the show, and bam. You know why she hates me and why she hates the show? Because I did slay her. There you go. But uh, what happened with this one... Is I was thinking, okay, this is this is an episode talking about Ace Frehley. Any it's, it's, Kiss it's fan, any Kiss fan, you think would be interested in anything Ace related? If you love Kiss, you love Ace. Okay, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna post this shit on every Kiss page, and because I mean, there's a lot. Of, I'm not, you know, even gonna lie. The I would probably say almost half of the people who have discovered this are through your reviews, Ralph. But there's also a lot of people, like I reach out to try to get new people, uh, people who might not know of your reviews. I can't believe there isn't anybody who doesn't know, but there might be somebody. No, there are plenty. But, but, uh, well, I mean, your reviews are, 
legendary, and they're huge. I mean, you are a YouTube sensation. You know, that's no bullshit. I, and, and I also want to say, too, if you go on my Almost Human 56 YouTube page, man, 9 out of 10 people are KISS fanatics, and 9 out of those 10s are super cool people, man. Even when they right. disagree. Look, I just put up a video yesterday, which I want to give. I can't remember the guy's name offhand, but he gave me the idea to make my own Kiss Alive 3. Like, let's say Kiss released an album after um, Unmasked and just used material from the solo album, Dynasty, and Unmasked. So I made my own list. I put it up. And there were people, man, every single review was like, and I even said during the review, I go, man, I know this is super nerdy. So if you guys don't dig this, please let me know so I won't bother to do this other one. Man, everybody's like, this is fun, make another one. And other people are like, man, I really disagree with your list, but please make another one. Now that's cool people, and those are kids, nerds like me. So you can't, there's always gonna be a handful of douchebags in every group. But for the most part, I've experienced the Kiss Army, nothing but awesome people. Yeah, I mean, there, but there is, you got, you got it. There is a fringe element. Yeah, nine you know, out of ten. There's a, nine out of ten. There's there's a lot of very specific, like only Kiss seventies or oh, only Kiss eighties, you know, or you know Tommy Thayer's guy. I mean, there's all these. Yeah. But I was like, really, and, and the only thing different than every any other Sunday when I spend all this time tagging the show was I did it like in a bunch of Kiss pages, and then all of a sudden, what do you know? All my posts for that Ace Frehley. They were all removed from Facebook. I was banned for two weeks. I had to create an alternate personality. Morris Buttermaker. Yeah. All you Bad News Bears fans should know that. But I tell you what, what a pain in the ass. Because, you know, it's like now i got to rejoin groups. i got to log in. i got to log out. I'm supposed to be working. Uh, you know, doing all this shit. And it was just like, wow. What a pain in the ass. Because somebody like... And all they... All it would have took is send me a message. Say, hey, please don't put this on my page. Okay, great. And I would leave your page. I would never bother you. That's all it would take. All, you know, if, you, if you're nice and respectful to me, hey, if you don't like this and it's your page, hey, have at it. I'm just trying to spread the word to other fucking metalheads who I think would appreciate what we do. Yeah, and they would. I, they would over this one person that has a stick up their ass. I'm sure most of that group would love to check it out or just ignore it and not get, go on with their fucking day. But to have you banned, fuck that person. That's bad karma. Well, well, well here's another thing. Uh, a former guest of ours, Kirsten, who started the Pantera Project, yeah. two, days after, two days after I got banned, he got banned. But he only got one week. I got two weeks because I also think they said I was in Is Is. You know, I think they made it like a terrorist thing. Yeah. But, uh, so kiss, anyway. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Yeah. So I'm back. I deleted the Morris uh, Buttermaker, you know, because, I, man, I can only handle one identity. I know a lot of people out there, they got all these different Facebook names, all this shit. I can barely handle one. Right. But I'm, I'm back. And you know what? I'm going to keep tagging the show. But I did delete, uh, like, if they look like a Kiss Fringe group. You know, it's like, you know what, I just, I just delete you. Because when we do have a KISS episode, the best publicity we have is you putting a commercial up on your Almost Human page. Uh, you know, because, I mean, it's it's no our biggest episodes are the KISS episodes. So there are a lot of KISS nerds that love our shit. And I'm, 
When I say that, don't get butt hurt. I'm a kiss nerd too. I know more than most of you motherfuckers. So does Ralph. When it comes to kiss, we are kiss nerds. But, uh, you know, that, that's who turned me in. And fuck you. Shame on you. You yeah. know? Yeah, you're fuck a pe- you're a piece of sh- Yeah, you're, you're a piece of shit. So from now on, a couple of kiss pages that I know are cool, I'll still post in. All the other metal pages that are way more open-minded, I'm still going to post. I'm not going to stop doing my shit. Because if you do that, then the terrorists living in their mother's basement wins. And I, I ain't going to let that shit That's happen. That's right. And you know those terrorists that are down in their mother's basement, I'm upstairs uh, shooting loads up their mom's nose. And that's why they there don't like go. us. See, all these cool pages that allow us to do it, I haven't met their moms yet. Well, there you go. And that that's the end of my Facebook rant. And now, unfortunately, before we get to the news, we have some obituaries. Well, no, actually, I want to talk about something before the obituary. Um, okay. The review of last week's episode, the amazing review that somebody left us on the, our oh, Facebook oh, yes. page. This is yes. hysterical. This is probably my you, fa- my favorite review ever. Are you going to read this or you want me to read it? Uh, if you don't mind reading it, but let me just set it up. Last week's okay. episode, if you haven't listened to it, uh, you should listen to it because you won't get this review that much if you haven't listened to it. It is by far my favorite. Well, I wouldn't say by far, but it is my favorite of all our episodes was last week's Use Your Illusion 2 where... We got off the subject and went into like a long rant about getting our ass licked, and uh, which I thought was hysterical because Ian and I enjoy that, but Justin didn't, and he was saying stuff like "you guys are both disgusting" <laughs> and stuff like that. It was just very entertaining. Well, well, well in, in his defense, it does bring back horrible memories of his father taking him to the tool shed. So, oh my uh, god. Well, he does live in Deliverance Country, you know. Shit. You mean his widow? You mean his father slash brother? Yeah, you know, win in Rome, you know. All right. Well, read but, the. Uh, this is the review somebody said about our ass licking episode, which was also which was titled "Guns and Roses: Huge Illusion 2 Review." Go ahead. All right. Now, I, dude, I'm sorry. I'm gonna fuck up your last name. This is a brother of ours. I believe he's from Australia. Uh, Edward Canistrasi? Canistrasi? I don't know, sounds awful Italian for being, you know, in fucking Australia. But anyway, uh, I, I can see why your parents were banned to Australia. Uh, it's entitled Toss Salad Blues. <laughs> Best episode yet. And I know where Ralph is coming from with wanting to watch his hypothetical wife get gangbanged. <laughs> I love Use Your Illusions too. I love it even more than Use Your Illusions 1, and I've been defending it to people since the day it came out. But at the same time, I loved hearing you guys humiliate it, disgrace it, rub your big dicks all over its bloated face, and treat Use Your Illusions 2 like a fucking whore. Yeah! And I, and I guess I'm a pervert, because I was into it. That was such a beautiful review. I love that yes. review. That was probably my favorite review ever of any of our episodes. Thank you so much, Mr. Catastrophe from Australia. <laughs> exactly. Oh, awesome. That, that, that was incredible, man. Uh, whew, where were you when we had the review contest? But then again, hey, oh my God, maybe, yeah. Maybe it takes an episode 
of that magnitude to get a review like that. You know? Shit, I think he should be a fucking guest without the fucking contest. Yeah. Yeah, because that guy has a, a very colorful vocabulary. I liked it. He would be he would be fun. Yeah. Yes, and, and speaking of illusions, he's under the illusions. We both have big dicks, and I won't shatter that. <laughs> We're going to run with that motherfucker. <laughs> All right, well... Before we get the news, we have a couple of sad obituaries uh, that we need to talk about. And I'm taking a lot of shit over one in particular that we haven't talked about this since it happened. But here's the thing, and this never fails. A lot of times when we do news, it's on a Wednesday or Thursday. You know, and there's editing purposes, work schedules. There's a reason why it's not like CNN, you know, up to the minute and shit. Yeah, because, you know, there's but, some uh, time. There's it never some- there's sometimes we'll do news on Friday and something fucked up will happen and then we got to scramble for it to get done. So we like to do right, it on, on right. Wednesday and Thursday. So we got those days in case something bad happens. Right. But it never fails. Somebody always dies the minute we're done recording. And uh, this one was huge. And, and now we are paying the proper respect that he's due. And that is Filthy Animal Taylor passed of, away. Of course. And such an important piece of... Uh, the puzzle that is modern metal, you know, and thrash metal. Let, so le- legendary. His 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 double bass drumming was groundbreaking. And I I tell you what, your hard beat. I think any drummer right now in metal is hard beat to 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 beat Mickey D. But without Filthy Animal Taylor, there is no Mickey D. Yeah, uh, Mickey D. Yeah, Mickey D. is amazing. You know, I ain't gonna take nothing away from Mickey D. But this is the original. This is the guy that inspired like Metallica, and Metallica inspired all the killer bands. So it's like, you know, like a domino effect. And and what? Yeah, like uh, on what he does on Overkill, the Hammer, and stuff like that. It's like, dude, that guy pretty much invented. Like he brought double bass to. Uh, Flourishing, like I mean, everybody owes a great added, uh, a great, great. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Debt to uh, Filthy Animal Taylor, and I'm crushed. I did get to meet the man on the 1916 tour. I caught his drumsticks, and he signed my rock and roll album along with Wurzel, who's no longer with us. What a shame! Really, really blew my mind when I found out he died. It was like, isn't it shocking? It's like, fuck, man. If you would have thought before Filthy died, you would definitely think Lemmy would have went before him, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. And it's just, and, it, and it's really, you know, it was sad to see him go, but, uh, I, I mean, from, from Motorhead. But, uh, you know, and sad to see him not do more after that. But his place is cemented in metal history. I mean, and he really lived it. I mean, to me, he wasn't like a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He wasn't like a a pretender, okay? Tommy Lee wishes he was Filthy Animal Taylor, okay? There's somebody really fucking lived it a thousand percent. I mean, a madman. There was no bullshit. I mean, that was just a crazy son of a bitch and a beast of a drummer. And it, I, it, it is. It's but, really sad. But I do have to disagree. Tommy Lee wishes he was Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah, true. Tree does now at least. He he does he does this minute until something else becomes more hit. Yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, filthy animal Taylor. 
man, we love you. We appreciate your work. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, in it, I got a Motorhead tattoo that takes up half my fucking arm. I, I love Motorhead. I mean, it, it, incredible. And my, my first Motorhead album was Rock and Roll. And then I went back and discovered everything else. And rock, and roll, just, uh, rock and Roll. Is, rock and Roll is his return to the band. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, uh, yeah, and also Wurzel, man. We got to, like, give a little shout-out to Wurzel, who passed out a few years back, who was an incredible part of Motorhead's history. And uh, another great guy that when he shook my hand, he actually hurt me. He had the strongest grip I ever had in any, any, uh, any, any handshake. And the guy was just phenomenal in the band. I mean, Motorhead, that, that lineup, you know, even with Pete Gill, you know, the Saxon Orgasmatron, you know, hey, man, th- that shit was fucking awesome. Man. You know, Mickey D came oh, in the band. He took them a little to like a higher plateau. But again, uh, just like Bill Ward against like Vinny Apice or whoever is drumming in Black Sabbath today. Um, there was an organic feel to Phil uh, Taylor that, you know, it, it's, it, it appeals to me more. And though I love, you know, Mickey D for, for a total different reason, you know? I don't think Mickey D's a better drummer or worse. Uh, technically, he's better, but sometimes uh, for me, I mean, look, I love Motorhead. And I love a lot of albums. Like, one of my favorite Motorhead albums is Sacrifice. And Bastards. Yeah, oh, God, yes. yes. Bastards. And and uh, We Are Motorhead. I mean, those are... I would put those in my top ten. But most of my top ten is Overkill, fucking Ace of Spades, uh, you know, uh, Another Perfect Day. A lot of shit that this right. guy did was just unbelievably great. Motorhead was fucking awesome in an organic type of way. And it well, is. That, that, go ahead. I was, was going to say that's that's how I am with. Uh, I I love Phil Campbell, and I want to wish whatever happened to Phil. They haven't announced what his illness was, but they had to cancel a couple shows. But I, I love Phil Campbell, and and he definitely earned his spot in Motorhead history. But to me, it's all about Fast Eddie. Even though I love Phil, and I oh, love yeah, a lot yeah. of Phil again. Up. Yes, you're, you're right. And, you know, Fast Eddie's not like this virtuoso, but it... it no, but it's, it's just like Ace Fraley. It's not a virtuoso, but it has a style and a, and a signature exactly. sound. Exactly, and Ozzy Osbourne in 70 Sabbath was not a Ronnie James deal. You know what I mean? Right. It doesn't take talent or, or, or you know, superior, you know, technically better proficient artists to really make great music you can be an average schmo and make fucking great things like Ozzy and you know I can go down the list of so many artists that I prefer the more organic uh, Iron Maiden come on Paul Deano versus Bruce Dickinson not technically Bruce but I'd, I'd take Deano any day over Bruce that Maiden to me was my favorite Maiden you know I agree. You know, and I, I, mean, I know this is off topic, but I, but I love him, so I don't give a fuck. But uh, uh, Neil Young doesn't have a traditionally like great voice, especially like in Crosby, Stills, Nash Young. They can all sing their asses off, and then you got this weird fucking voice of Neil Young's. But there's so much emotion and shit behind it that he sells it. No matter if it's out of key, it's 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 the feeling and the power behind it surpasses like what most people would consider a good voice or good talent or good chops 
It's all about heart. Heart means more than anything, you know. Right, and, and uh, a lot of times the technic, the technical, uh, superior technical players, there's really not that heart. It's more yeah. machi machinery. You know what I mean? A, a thousand percent, I agree with you, brother. So, all right, man. So that is our little tribute to Filthy Animal Taylor, who, uh, my God, what what a horrible day that was when I heard that in the morning. Yeah. It, it threw me back. I, that was one I would usually definitely don't expect it, but that right. one. Well, and, that and one. then we should say there was the death hoax when Phil Campbell got sick. People were saying he was dead. I was like, oh God, you got to be kidding me. I fell for it. Yeah, and thankfully it wasn't true. You know who's horrible with the death hoax? Fucking Mark Allen Taylor. Stop that shit. It's not funny. Uh, I, not I, funny. I haven't even noticed that. Yeah, he always puts up the fake deaths. Yeah, Stop well, it. You're Christian. That's not Christian. All right. Well, okay. And speaking of a, a death that, I mean, it really did shock a lot of people, but shouldn't have because of his history was uh, Scott Weiland. Yes. Now, now, before I get into this, I know I've said this in previous episodes, which is eerie. But I know, I remember, I don't remember what episode it was, but I was talking about how it's so low class to make fun of somebody that just died that I even use Scott Weiland as a example because I said Scott Weiland I don't I don't think I dislike anybody more in the music industry than Scott Weiland I think he's a poser I think he's this I think he's that so I said a lot of bad things about Scott Weiland but then I said but I don't want him to die you know I mean the guy's got kids a wife mother and father don't don't be uh, I think I said it when people were bashing dying that whole dime episode with the right, black metal right. people just putting a little right, right. thing on his grave. Right. When I found out Scott Weiland died, that's the thing that came in my mind. I go, oh man, you know, um, this is bad. But, well, there ain't no but about it, but uh, it is sad that he passed away. Um, but it, And I also think it's disgusting how his wife came out. Did you read this shit his wife wrote? His ex-wife, by the way. Yeah. Talk oh, about, yeah, he's when, a horrible when you, dad. When, when you pass the mic over to me, I've got a ton of shit to say about this, but is, say your piece. Yeah, I will say this. I think it's disgusting. The guy's corpse is not even cold yet. And she's talking, well, first she's like, you know, the, the headline looks like it's it's something, you know, classy. Like, hey, you shouldn't make him, you know, glorify this guy's death, which is true. But he she, she went on to talk about, what a shitty dad he was and how he wasn't around. She just said a lot of scathing things. But even in the middle of it, she talked about how she's fucked up too. You know, it's like, you know, I think whatever your fucking problem is is not as bad as this thing that you fucking said about this guy. You should have said something nice, you know. Why do you have to bring... Or if you do want to say fucked up shit about Scott Weiland, please let time go by because people are mourning him. His parents, the fans... There's a lot of STP fans. My and you know I I don't like STP. I'm not a fan. I'm not an into Skywire. I didn't like them. But man, when I see all these people on my Facebook page, it you know it really does, you know, show that it doesn't matter what the fuck I think. Look how many people this guy touched. You know this guy. Millions of people are mourning him. Bands are playing tribute songs to him. And then we have this stupid bitch coming out saying these horrible things about him. Whether they're true or not doesn't matter. 
have a little respect. The guy just died, you know. And he and, and you think his kids are happy about this shit? Oh no, you're making you're throwing fucking uh, gas on the fire for these poor kids to to find out that oh now the world knows that my my, my poor dad that died that I miss so much and I'm crying over. Now the whole world knows he's a piece of shit because of my fucking mom. Go ahead, you take the mic. All right, now now here's the funny thing is because I am probably one of the world's biggest Scott Weiland nut swingers. I absolutely adore every Stone Temple Pilots album. Velvet Revolver was kind of hit or miss. I love this first solo album. The last two were kind of hit or miss. But uh, I agree a thousand percent with what his ex-wife put out. Um, fuck him. I, I love him. I, I think he was such an amazing talent. I think he was an incredible frontman that I would put up there with some of the greats. I really would. I think he was that charismatic. Uh, oh man, he had the looks. He had the moves. He, he you know, he had the voice. He had everything, and he pissed it away. I don't feel sorry for him one fucking bit, and I don't feel sorry for any uh, junkie or alcoholic that does that. You did that to yourself. This isn't like Dimebag getting shot or John Lennon. You know, getting assassinated. You did this to yourself. Ian, uh, I hate to cut you off, but the jury still is out. The guy, I mean, supposedly died of a heart attack. He was very frail and skinny. And you know what I said in in past episodes, which will probably prove me wrong, but I thought he faked the whole junkie thing. Yeah, see, I, 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 I I never believed that. I always knew he had a fucking problem. But here's the thing. There's a lot of people that do have addiction issues, but that's something that nobody forces upon you, okay? And a lot of people, if they really need help, they can't afford help, or they can't take time off of work if they need help, okay? Here's a man who had all the resources, all the chances in the world. He had this amazing talent and this amazing gift and just could not get the shit he put STP through. The shit he put Velvet Revolver through. The shit, I mean, goddamn, his guitar player just died fucking a few months back. Okay, I love this guy. I, I really do. But I don't, you know, I don't feel sorry for him the way I feel sorry for fucking Dimebag. Or the way I feel sorry for fucking John Lennon. Well, I don't feel you sorry had, for him. I feel sorry for his kids. I do, I do feel sorry for his kids. But you know what? It's like you had a million reasons to get your shit together. And you still didn't do it. And you also have the resources and the chances to get professional help, to get all kinds of shit. And I don't feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for his loved ones. I feel sorry for his fans. But but fuck it, he had this, um, what I think was an amazing talent. And I like that she called him out, like, don't mourn this, like, this is some kind of... Just like, I don't feel sorry for Court Cremain. You did that to yourself, motherfucker. Nobody did that to you. So I don't, I don't pity you. Even though I liked your talent... I don't feel sorry for you. All right, you know it's like I I, I play this. You know I am the Ayatollah of Alcohola, and I get drunk when, when when we do these episodes, and I have fun. But you know what? I don't do this shit every night. You know why? Because I got to go to work. Because there's people that I'm responsible for that I can't like. Even if I want to get drunk every night, I can't because I have responsibilities and duties to the people who love me, to the people I support, the people I do all this shit. I don't feel fucking sorry for you. Okay, you know, I, I curb my shit. You know, I, I do it when I do it. 
And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who have even, you know, I'm a weekend warrior. But there's a lot of people who have bad addiction problems that can't get the fucking help that this guy had time and time again. Put all his bands through shit. And, you know, he's the face of the band. He put STP through fucking hell. He put Velvet Revolver in a shitty spot. And then they found on his bus, you know, it's coming out today. They found uh, a couple bags of coke. They found Viagra. They found, like, uh, some, Sleep, some shit. Sleeping pills. Sleeping pills. Some other shit I never even heard of. Uh, you know, there was some withdrawal medication and shit like that. But this shit is self-inflicted. This is no different than Kurt Cobain putting a fucking, you know, bone barrels in his fucking mouth. You did this to yourself. I miss you. I wish you were here. I wish you made more great albums because I fucking love this guy. I thought he was an amazing, amazing talent. And and also, you were a father. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, you were... And he was married to another girl, and he had two children. You had some shit to straighten out for, man. And you had a gift to make people happy. And you, and you just piss it all away. I really, I mourn his loss, but I don't, I, I have no sympathy. I, I really don't. You did it to your fucking self. All right. And well, it, you know, the, the, my point is, is that, you know, I respect your opinion, Ian. And it's funny, because uh, you'd, you'd expect me to have your attitude being the way that I thought of him. Right, right, right. And, and, I will say this, Ralph, you were very respectful because I know you think nothing of his talent. You think I, he was... I, I oh, thought, and right. I'm not, I'm not going to get into it in great detail, but I, I just will say, I didn't... Right. I didn't. Did, I, I, I like Fred Durst more than him. Right, well, well, no, I, I get that, but I, I'll tell you what, you're a better man than me because I was just saying to Bill Wang while I was out there, I was like, fuck, every time I come to the Bay Area, somebody I love dies. The last trip I took out there, another person you hate... Lou Reed died. I like, uh, you know, and now I go out there, and the day I get out there, uh, Scott Weiland dies. I, I, I think I am the Grim Reaper, but I'm going to keep going to the Bay Area until Sammy Hagar fucking dies. Well, hey, because, you have a chance, because I don't like him either. Because if, if Sammy Hagar fucking dies, I'm not going to show respect. I really, really hate this guy and hate what he's done to music. I, I think he is the musical Hitler. You know, for you know, crimes against fucking music, and I and, and I would make jokes, and I don't give a fuck about his family or his fans. That's how bad I hate Sammy Hagar. Oh, I can't so stand. You, you know how I feel about Sammy. Yeah, and I still like so, them more than Scott Weiland. Right, and 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 you are you are the better person, and then uh, I I commend you for that because if Sammy Hagar died, I would have no cooth. No, but you and, know, uh, you I know, would hold back. But the thing is, Ian, everything you say, I agree with. I just feel like it's too soon. You know, it's like right, but 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 I also uh, and it's okay you, you for know, you I, to say it. To me, I feel like it's okay for fans to be angry and say all the things you're saying. Right. I what you're saying, I'm not disagreeing with. I just feel like the wife should shut up because she's a fuck up too. Right, right, but but uh, well, well, here's here's the thing though. I can see her being mad because. He's getting praised for all this shit. But maybe he was a deadbeat dad. Maybe he did leave his kids a long time ago because he picked them over fucking drugs. You know what? My son, one time, my son saw me drunk when he was nine years old. And he told me, he's like, Dad, I don't like it when you drink. You know what? I didn't drink around my kids till he was fucking old enough to drink. You know why? Because I love my fucking son. All right, some things are more important in life. You know, then fucking partying and doing shit. 
and then, and, and, then, and, and then there's my attitude. I can't. I can stop drinking. I can do anything for anybody. It's not a problem. But I can't bring a child into this world because I don't think I am good parent material. Okay. I don't think well, I honestly feel. This is how I feel. A lot of my friends say, "Nah, dude, you're a good person." Look, honestly, I have a feeling that if I, if I have a boy, he'll end up licking black ass and <laughs> male black ass. I have a feeling. Um, you gotta, my, you gotta beat that. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I have a feeling my, uh, my, my, my. If I had a daughter, you know, she'd be, you know. Hooking, um, oh, and, and, yeah, yeah. and hooking, hooking's a nice way to put it. And and she'd probably be one of the groupies for that rapper called Stitches. You know, I mean, I, I'm telling you, I don't, I, I really feel like I gotta piss. I, okay, you go piss. I'll, I'll go on my little rant. I really feel like I would be a shitty parent. And here's another thing, I gotta bring this up too. This is very important. I don't want to bring a child into this world without a mother and father. And my history of girlfriends, and I'm not going to slam no girls, but let's just say it didn't work out. So if I had a kid with any girl I would have been with, that kid would not have a mother and father that's married or together. And I don't want that. If I want a child, I want security. I want, but it's way too late for me now. And I'm okay with that. You know, I have a niece and nephew that I feel like are, are my kids. Ryan, the guitar player, who's only 17 in my band, or 18, I feel like he's my kid. So I feel like I have children without having children. You know what I mean? So Ian is a good parent because he raised a hero. You know? Yeah. His, his son went into the military. My son would go into glory holes. <laughs> See, that's the difference. And I know this, therefore, I won't have a kid that would end up like you know, not across, not not across the street, but down the highway from a fucked up existence. And I feel like I'm just the dad to do it. So I feel like I should be very commended for not having kids because I feel like I am not good enough. I am not parent material. And as I see in this planet, as the older we get, the shittier the parents get. And, yeah, and that's it's, true. And it's all because of time. And plus, I'm a busy guy. I ain't gonna have time for my kid. Fuck that, man. And I gotta say, the last girlfriend I had, we broke up because she wanted a kid. That's the only reason we broke up. She wanted a kid. And I said, well, you know, I don't want a kid, and that's why we we broke up. But I'm, I, I just, cause, you know what? If she's gonna break up with me over that, then you know she's gonna break up with me with something else in the future. Once that kid's already here. So that's our a little obituary for Scott Wilder. Well, and also one last thing I'd like to say, another reason I'm pissed. Uh, you hardcore motherfuckers, I know you're listening to this Saturday when we post it. I was supposed to see this motherfucker Sunday, two blocks from my fucking house at the legendary Tipitina's. And uh, man, I'm glad I didn't buy the tickets yet. Yeah. It, 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 well, I, maybe, I that ticket, maybe that ticket will be worth something on eBay now. Yeah, that that it, it just it's fucking sad, but uh, no sympathy from uh, Wadzilla. All right, okay, so that's uh, it. That's or is there anybody else that died? Uh, no, Abe Pagoda is still alive. Unbelievable. All right, so uh, it, yeah, yeah, you motherfuckers think you're hardcore, but you ain't Abe Pagoda. You ain't fish, bitch. All right.
Yeah, yeah. You ain't Tessio, motherfucker. All right, All yeah. Right. Well, Tessio uh, died. Oh, yeah. I have a huge list of news items here. I'm going to let you do your news. I'm going to scratch off each one, and then we'll do my news when you're done. Well, hold on. This is how epic this shit is. We still have something left before we get to the news. Damn. That is concerts that we have seen. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's part of my news. All right. Uh, Well, I mean, do you want to do the concerts now, or do you want to incorporate it with the news? No, no, because none of these bands are in my news feed. Uh, is there any other bands right, you've well, seen t- in the news? Uh, no. Okay. Well, no. let's talk about the shows. You go first. All right. Uh, I had an amazing show that I went to with my buddy Chad. Shout out to Chad Barry if you're listening to this. Um, I saw King Diamond and Exodus for the first time. Nice. Both fans. Nice. Oh, my God. God, was this a fucking show. Uh, was a little bit disappointed when I saw Exodus take the stage without Gary Holt. I didn't realize that uh, that he was on tour with Slayer in Europe. But Exodus fucking killed it, dude. Uh, the other guitar player filling in, I'm sorry, I forget his name, but he is the other guitar player from Heathen. Uh, band you guys need to check out if you don't know him, a San Francisco area. Uh you know, late 80s thrash band, really good band, even. Check them out. Uh, but they have Lee Atlas when they lost Rick Holden, or Holden, I don't know how you pronounce his name. But Holt. he's been in Exodus. Holt. Um, but he replaced him years ago for uh, the Shovelhead Kill Machine or whatever the fuck. Anyway, he's been there for a while. He played great. His other buddy from Heathen played fucking amazing. And Zetro. What a fucking front man. I mean, he really held the audience in the palm of his hand. Sounded great. And I also want to, you know, shout out to, to Gibson, the bass player, and Tom Hunton, still fucking killing on drums. Fucking Exodus slayed it. It's sad that it was only like, it was a short set, man. It was only like seven or nine songs. But oh my God, it wasn't good. And the pit was amazing. It was phenomenal. But then it set the stage for King Diamond, who, it took me a long time to get into the King. But when I did, man, I really went into it, man, and I really loved King Diamond. And the show he put on was so incredible. This club that I've seen him at, it's a place here called The Civic. And I recommend anybody, if you're in New Orleans, somebody's playing The Civic, go see it. Sounds great, it's a cool little club. It's not huge, not like the clubs I'm used to from Chicago, but it's amazing. But the way he did the stage set made it look like you were at Madison Square Garden. I mean, I don't know how they did it, but King Diamond said he goes, oh, we're going to make it look like no matter where we're at, you're going to think we're, you're at the biggest fucking arena. It was amazing. He came out and, uh, you know, played, played some hits and stuff like that. A lot of people complained that uh, all the hits were early shit. They wanted some of the more recent shit, but man, with the shit he played, you couldn't fucking argue. I mean, it was amazing. And then he did Abigail in its entirety and was just fucking phenomenal. I mean, he sounded great. And at one point, my buddy with me goes, I think he's using some kind of effects. And I was like, no, I think he's just fucking nailing it. He goes, you sure he's not hitting something? And by the end of the kind was like, he wasn't hitting nothing. He goes, that was all him, and that was fucking incredible. It was an amazing show. 
if anybody, I believe the tour is over now. But man, if it came around you, I hope you got to see it. I know uh, just Childers went. I think he saw him uh, somewhere around Hazard County, wherever the fuck he lives. <laughs> but uh, I actually, I think he traveled to Atlanta. So uh, eat a peach, bitch, you fag. Uh, but oh my God, King Diamond Exodus, what a tour that was. I will never, ever miss either of those bands if they come around again. And King Diamond is going to work on a new album. Finally. Yes. Yes. And fortunately, he uh, I saw him when I did because he ended up canceling two shows towards uh, the end of the tour because of uh, laryngitis. He had yeah. like a acute laryngitis. So That's why I'm worried. Uh, but I'm, man, what it... That's why I'm very worried about this European tour. I saw our schedule and it's like we have only one day off out of a month. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? You know? Because what I do yeah. is very strenuous on the voice. That even well, when I'll I tell do you, a week, it's kind of like a pain in the ass. Well, I'll tell you what. When you're on the tour bus, don't do two bags of Coke, some Viagra, and some sleeping pills, and shit like that, and have a heart attack. That's yeah, how you I'm, fucking do it. I'm 50 years old, man. If, if, if just a couple snorts of cocaine took Kevin DeBro in, I ain't touching that shit. Right. I, I still think that was a bad reaction to a weave. I don't blame Coke for that. You know? uh, but by the way, just to get off topic for a second, that Quiet Ride documentary I recently got on DVD because they're too cheap to release it on Blu-ray, and it has over an hour of bonus footage that is a must-see. A lot of Randy yeah. Rhodes talk, and you know, there's yeah. a lot of cool interviews from people that didn't make the final movie. I, uh, it's called Now That You're Here, There's No Way Back. Uh, yeah. It's yeah a really I need, to, great I need to pick that up. I saw the documentary, but I need to get that to get the, the bonus The features. documentary is awesome, too. Because I, I tell you what, man. When you get these metal things, uh, when you see these documentaries, you got to buy the Blu-rays and the DVDs because the bonus features where that like, get thrashed. What an amazing documentary. But that second part, the bonus features... I like almost better than the regular. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, because they talk about violence and all these other bands right, that didn't make right. uh, Yeah, right. I totally agree. Yeah, I I, um, I agree. And oh. I, I recommend the Quiet Rise DVD. Oh, here's something important I need to put out. And hopefully I rectify this soon, but for our hardcore fans, especially somebody like Andrew Jacobs that does his best to put money in my pocket... The Amazon link, uh, they canceled me. And I, I, I'm trying to rectify that, but with my work hours, it's hard to take care of because I've got like limited hours to get to them. So as of right now, the Amazon, I mean, if you want to go on Amazon, still go on Amazon, but you're not helping us until I get this straightened out. And what I would recommend, uh, just because they've done a lot for us, so I want to throw something back until we get this figured out. If you're going to use Amazon, go to Decibel Geek and use their Amazon link because that's a podcast I believe in and they need money. You know, Chris Jericho, Eddie Trunk, they don't need your fucking money. Don't use their Amazon link. Nothing against those guys, but they get paid to do these podcasts. We don't. We pay to do these. I pay to do this show, okay? And, and so do other, you know, so until that's rectified, uh... You know, and even if it's not Decibel Geek, if it's another podcast you love that has an Amazon link, please use that in the meantime, and I will let the listeners know as soon as I get this rectified. 
I, I know what they what they have done is in some states have made it illegal to do this for some tax purposes. And I don't know if it's a Louisiana thing. I need to get straight out. Like maybe we could transfer it over to Ralph. Yeah. Where you know the the, the funds go to Ralph. Yeah. But just letting people know, like, hey, you know, because we haven't done there's a donation route that we haven't gone yet because I want you guys to get something for your money. I, I feel a little weird. I'm not saying I won't do it in the future, but I'm saying I feel a little weird you just giving me money. I would rather get a little portion of you getting something you want. All right, uh, let's get into the news. Holy shit. Over an hour later, now we get into the news. All right, here's some good news. It appears that uh, this latest round of chemo or whatever he's doing is working out good for Vivian Campbell. Seems like after he hit a bad spell, he's doing a new treatment and it's working out great for him. And I think that's great. A lot of people, you know, love hate thing with Vivian Campbell. And I get that, but I'm excited for this last line project a lot more, you know, than Death Leopard, of course. I saw the video for the man, that shit was I, I, good. Was it? I haven't seen it yet. It's good. Uh, the Devil and Me or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I haven't got a chance to watch it yet. I mean, the video's whatever, but the song is great. Oh, good. And uh, what's weird, uh, this happened while we were off, too, is uh, Claude Schnell left the project. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, they, they said there's no ill will. They just decided uh, that they really aren't going the keyboard route and kind of just parted away. So it's it's still uh, Jimmy Bain, Viv, and Vinny with, uh, I forget the guy's name was singing. But, uh, you know, I kind of wish, you know, Claude was still there because he was part of that era. But, you know, whatever. You know, at least they're not like, you know, mudslinging. But uh, I just wanted to say, hey, speedy recovery because I'd hate to do an obituary on Vivian Campbell. Yeah, yeah. And again, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of his attitude and especially reforming the Dio band after Duani died. But at the same time, man, just like Scott Weiland, man. And and you know what? And he has done music I fucking love. So and and I'm I'm really digging that song. I saw the video, I was like, you know, this is better than I, I wasn't expecting much, to tell you the truth. So I was impressed. I mean it didn't really blow my doors like, oh my god, this is amazing. But it was good. It was like this is good. So right. I'm glad. I'm glad it, it, it's good. Go ahead. Alright. All right. Uh next story. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't wait. This shit's gonna be all over the internet. Paul Stanley is gonna sing the national anthem at an upcoming Spurs game. And man, that's a hard song for people who can still sing to sing. I cannot imagine what Paul Stanley is gonna do to the national anthem. You know, uh, and I love Paul. You know, he, he's still my favorite member of Kiss, even though he's like a grouchy old fucking bitch now but he was still my favorite member and uh but man i cannot see paul stanley in the shape he's in doing the national anthem i hope there's auto tune or, or pro tools or some shit because if not he's just really gonna embarrass himself what do you think uh i i really don't care i you know i will say this i've heard him lately and he has improved his voice is not as as shot as it was in the past but it's still not that's strong. He, he, what he does is he paces himself better now, and he doesn't like sound like he's croaking anymore. And I think his voice has gotten a little stronger, which is, which is something um, I find uh, exciting. Which you know I know a lot of our listeners do not agree with me on this, 
but I am a big fan of the, the, the Monster album. And you know, a lot of, and then there's a lot of people that's like, they don't like it because of Tommy Thayer and Eric Carr, I mean, Eric Singer in the classic makeup. And you know, so that kind of like, that, that obscures their, their opinion on the music. But there is talk of them making a new album. And uh, it, was that true? Well, that's what I, I don't heard. know if that was a joke threat or not. Well, I hope it's okay. not because I would like another Kiss album. I thought, well, then again, if they end up Monster, I'd be happy. But you know, a lot of people didn't like Monster. I, I hated Sonic Boom, but Monster I really liked. So if they make another Monster type album, then I'm all for another Kiss album. But as far as going to see them live, I think that boat is sailed. I hear that. All right. Well, here's some great news, man. I, I really hope this happens. I get a chance to see it. Jimmy Page is talking about returning to the stage in 2016. Yes. And making a new album. Yes. And uh, he says it's going to be quite different from other things that he's done. But, uh, you know, I trust Jimmy. You know, he's put out some stuff that maybe I didn't care for as much. But, God damn, it's Jimmy Page. And, uh, you know, if Robert Plant wants to be a fucking bitch, then Jimmy, get out and play your fucking music. I have a feeling uh, Jimmy Page will make a great fucking album. I just feel it. I feel it in my bones. Jimmy Page will make something fucking awesome. You know, his last thing thing was Coverdale Page. That was amazing. I'll tell you what, Coverdale Page, I I think that's one of the best. I think it's the best thing he did post-Zeppelin. I really do. Oh, of course, yes. Better than the firm. Definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. The firm was fucking horrible. Well, I, I like the radio. Firm. I liked it, but you know. uh, I, I liked Radioactive, the song. But other than that, I thought it was horrible. Wasn't a big Honey Drippers fan. Uh, I saw the tour. I saw. He you wasn't know, in the Honey tours. Drippers. That was yeah, Robert, was. That was Robert Plant. Yeah, but Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck played guitars. I did not I, I know that. Song. Oh. Yeah. I like yeah, the I like the mellow song. Do you remember yeah. whatever? That yeah, was? yeah, yeah. See a love, you know. That yeah, was a yeah, good that song. was awesome. But I, I'd rather listen to Coverdale Page. I think that was an awesome album. That unfortunately I thought got slammed because, you know, too many people were like, "Oh, the White Snake shit." Yeah. But I think it's a a great album. A great album. Much better than No Quarter. I'd say that. Um, yeah. And Walking to Clark. I like it better than Walking to Clarksdale. I, that's one. I, that's yeah. one that I never really listened to. I've heard good things about yeah. it, though. Yeah, it's not that great, in my opinion. Okay. But anyway, uh, Jimmy Page, man, do your thing. Awesome. I tell you what, I I wish you would go out. I mean, I know this ain't gonna happen because they broke it up. I wish you'd go out again with the Black Crows. I know you hate the Black Crows, but that live album he did with the Black Crows was fucking phenomenal. Phenomenal. All right. Before you get so, into the new, next news thing, I forgot to talk about the shows I've been to, and I'll be very brief about it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I've been to a bunch of shows, free shows here at a casino, of a bunch of classic rock bands, and uh, the first show I saw was Night Ranger, with Thirty Eight Special, and I gotta say that kicked ass. Night Ranger nice. was awesome. They have now the guitar player who was with Alice Cooper. I forgot his name now. Kerry Kelly or something like that. I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kerry, good guitar player. Great guitar player, and they did. They did uh, Schools Out because he was in Alice Cooper. They played Crazy Train because Brad Gillis was in Ozzy. And, you know, they opened up with my favorite Night Ranger song, uh, You Can Still Rock in America. 38 Special only because I believe only has the singer. Like everybody else is gone. But that's a, that's a good classic kind of southern rockish band. They, they headline and... I, I like 38 Special. 
I think they're great. They're good live. You should check them out. They headline, but to tell you the truth, I thought Night Ranger owned the show. The next day, I went there at 3 p.m. to see something called The Orchestra. And this was mind-blowing, which it consists of some of the original members of ELO and some of the members of ELO 2. And they oh, were... Was Bev Bev? Huh? Was Bev Bev in there? No, he wasn't Bev there. Bev? No, he wasn't oh, there. Wow. The, the violin player was there. The keyboard player was there from the original. Then that, I think the bass player from ELO 2. Anyway, I filmed it. You can see it on YouTube. Type in Ralph Vieira. I think Vieira Vols. And you'll see... I don't know. If, I don't know if you can find it or not. Just put in ELO Miami. In 2015, I put I filmed the whole show and it's it was fucking awesome, man. They were amazing. Then that was at two in the afternoon or three in the afternoon. Then at 6 p.m. at the same casino, I saw the suite, uh, which only consists of the bass player. Are you ready, Steve? No, Steve is the only guy left. Um, but they were and they have on guitar. Goddamn, what's his name? The guy that was in. Talis at one point. He was in Lita Ford. Um, fuck. C.C. DeVille. He's an amazing guitar player. Well, I can't remember his name now. Uh, he's in the band. Sweet kicked ass. They were awesome. Then I saw Foghat. And Foghat only had oh, the drummer left. Foghat. Yeah, they only had the drummer right, left. Right, they're they still good. Awesome. They're awesome. They got they got uh, Charlie Hunt, who was with... Uh, Ted Nugent. Uh, Ted Nugent. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, they, I... I, I, I saw that lineup of Foghat with Loyster Colt, and they were amazing. Yeah, they were great. Uh, and then the headliners, guess who? Uh, I, 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 prefer, I, I opted to go hang out with my friend that came down from Tampa. Because I had to go to what? work that night. Yeah, I'm not a big guess oh, who okay. fan. I'm not a guess who oh, fan. I, lo- I, lo- I love the guess who. Well, they headlined, which was weird. Wow. So, yeah, that was it. So, continue. What's the next news story? Yeah. <laughs> I just going to... Interesting lineup I saw was at a festival. They do a classic rock festival here every year in uh, New Orleans called Gretna Fest. And the lineup I saw this one day, you want to talk about weird? It was Christopher Cross, Fog Hat, and Blue Oyster Cult. Damn. Yeah, and, and what's so funny, there was a bunch of like bikers there. You know, of course, for like Fog Hat, Blue Oyster Cult. And you saw these bikers dancing with their hog women, and, like, you know, women wearing clothes that way too tight for how fat they are. But to see these bikers slow dancing with their women to the theme from Arthur by Christopher Cross was fucking fantastic. That that and two dollar uh, Miller Genuine drafts were good. But uh, yeah, funny show. All right, next story. Ozzy is uh, kind of whining that nobody's interested in uh, a new Black Sabbath album. Well, I don't know if nobody is, but I know I'm not. All right, and here's my thing on this, and I, I know you're going to have a lot to say. We're both very passionate about this band. They are your favorite band. Uh, I, I think he might be a little butthurt about the sales of 13. Well, here's the thing. Nobody buys records anymore, but it's even harder when you put out a half-baked product. And I believe that's what they did with 13. And... I think they're going for the cash grab with this final tour because you make far more money off the tour and what I think would make more sense and would be a much better way to go out get the original four take your time and do a good album do a great album but you know what it's like Tony's battling cancer you got all this shit you guys are older it would be easier to just take your time in the studio and write a proper farewell. 
than to go out and play the same set list you've been playing for the last 20 fucking years. You know, okay, the same, like, fucking 10 fucking songs or whatever. You know what I mean? I would much rather, if you're gonna go into the, you know, the Great Abyss, fucking do it with an album. Don't do it with a fucking tour with, you know, maybe not everybody at their A game. And in the studio, you can do retakes and you can take the time to do shit. They're totally taking the easy way out. This is a final cash grab to put all their grandchildren through college. And it's not coming here. I'm not going to lie. If it was coming to New Orleans, I would go. But I'm not going to fucking travel for it. Because it ain't the original four. And I've already seen the original four. So, uh, I, I, th I think that it's a little bit butthurt. Because, yeah, it did debut high. But, I, I mean, God, if you sell ten records, you're, you're in the top 200 these days. And I think that's just an excuse for why they don't do an album. And Tony has come out and said he would like to do an album. It's Ozzy saying no, and and he's and he also uses uses the interview as an opportunity to plug his new uh, solo album that he says is going to be something I've never done that I've always wanted to do. And I'll tell you what, I hope it's better than Undercover because that shit was fucking horrible. Yeah, well, you know, I I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I saw the last one; it was great, but dude, it's like enough, man. I I just. I've already discussed this, so I'm going to not... Uh, you guys already know how I feel about... Black Sabbath is my favorite band. Without Bill Ward, it's hard for me to support. But there is something Sabbath-related I do want to talk about, and it's very important. Well, hold on. Just one second. Be before you get to that, I, I just want to ask you point blank. If they're going to go out, what would you rather have? A final album with Bill Ward or the tour that they're doing now? A final album with Bill Ward. And you know what? I'd even go see them without Bill Ward. If they did the album with Bill Ward, I'd go support him then. All right. Well, you, my friend, are a true fan, and I love you. Yeah, I, I will say that. You know, if they made an album with Bill Ward, and then they go out without Bill Ward, it'd be like, hey, man, the the album is what really matters. Concerts come and go. Right. Albums are forever, you know? Yes, yes, so, I agree. But All I right. want to bring up this very important thing, a product that's out that... I would like everybody out there to go buy it because it's for charity. It's for cancer. And it's a Tony Iommi tribute album that I bought. Tony Iommi, I saw a video of him plugging it, saying how incredible it is. I have yet to listen to it. I know it's up online. I don't want to hear it. Uh, is this uh, for Lefty or something Great, like Great Lefty, Live Forever. That's what it's called. It's a tribute CD to Tony Iommi, charity. Tony Iommi's praising it. He says the guy that does Scarlet Pimpernel from Eternal Idol, he goes, I wish yeah. I could play like that guy. So I'm really wow. I'm really interested. I ordered my copy right when I heard Tony um, uh, talk about it. So I urge everybody to go buy it because, you know, not only you get something that Tony Iommi loves and, you know, he's the master. And whatever he loves, it's got to be good. But it's for a good cause. And, you know, if you're a Sabbath fan, you should do it for shame on you. That's just the way I feel. Go ahead. Anything? Right. What's the next thing? All right. Next thing. This is kind of a man. This is a big thing. It's kind of old news now, but it shouldn't be old news. It should still be on people's memories. And uh, that's the horrible attacks in Paris that happened yeah. at the Eagles of Death Metal concert. Right. And you know, throughout throughout the country, it wasn't just at the Eagles of Death Metal. There's a lot of people that lost their lives throughout the city. We touched on it in one of the uh, Guns and I think the first Guns and Roses episode, and I think I made you know our fans in Paris the, the fan of the week. But uh, I just want to say how you know what a sad thing it was. 
And uh, there's a lot of shit in the metal news. Like certain bands cancel their tour, and then you got other bands that are slagging those bands for canceling their tour. And I'm kind of on both sides of the fence there because I understand that. Like, you know, if there's a lot of shit going on and you don't feel safe and you know your fans could be hurt, uh, I, I understand maybe not playing something right now. And on the other end of the spectrum, I see other bands saying, like, you can't do that or you give them exactly what they want. So I can't give a definitive answer on what's right or what's wrong. But I don't judge anybody for making either decision. Well, here's uh, my here's my thing. I'm more on Schmier from destruction side. He slammed Lamb of God. He said, right. oh, he called them actually overrated American band for canceling their tour due to for the security concerns. I want to say this. Look, I feel like this Paris attack is pretty much their 9/11, right? I mean, do we right. agree? Now, we all right. know after 9-11, there was no more terrorist attack. Yeah, we had the anthrax bullshit. But I feel like nothing's going to happen in Paris as far as ISIS goes. I feel like it's already done. And I am actually going to play Paris next year. My guitar player, Ryan, is actually in Paris as we record this. I spoke to him today. He's playing a show over there. And yeah, and, and I really feel like, dude, I, I would never put myself in jeopardy or my... Uh, you know, my audience, uh, people that would come see Thresher. I, I, if I knew there was a, a danger, I would cancel. Yes, I would. But I don't feel there is a danger anymore. But at the same time, I, you know, the next gig I play is uh, in Fort Lauderdale. Who's to say I ain't going to show up there? I can't live in this type of fear. So by canceling in Paris, is no, it's just as dangerous as canceling in Biloxi, Mississippi, or wherever the hell, you know? Because they can hit anywhere. It's like, you can't live in fear. Just go do your show. And I feel like it, it is not right for people, for bands to cancel in Paris now. Right. Paris needs but, bands more now than ever. Right. But, yeah, I, you know, in all fairness, I would say in Biloxi, Mississippi, your biggest threat is, you know, Justin Childers fucking your dog. You know, so don't take your dog if you're going on tour. Yeah, and that, yeah. Guy, look, that guy looks down on me, that dog fucker. All right, yeah, well, what else we got? Well, here's something that's a little uh, Paris-related still. And, man, I cannot wait to hear this shit because in my mind, I still can't process this. Paul Diano, uh, the amazing Paul Diano, the original voice by Hell Hayden, yeah, I love him. Is doing a tribute single to Paris. And all proceeds are going to go to, uh, you know, the victims, you know, the families and stuff like that. I hope so, because uh, that guy, yeah. the last time he tried to do a charity, he ended up in jail for keeping some of that money. Well, he says he's doing it now. It's going to go to the victims, but he is covering Heroes by David Bowie, which I, I love the fucking song. Yeah, I, mean, I it's love underplayed, it. But I, I, lo I love David Bowie. I'm a huge David you know, Bowie You fan. know who does a great version of that song? Oasis. It's a B-side. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard that, but I'll check it out. I love the song. But I did hear that uh, he said he's going to get Simon Kirk to play drums, which, uh, you know, if you know your fucking shit, Simon Kirk is the original drummer of uh, Free, and uh, I believe he was at Free, but I know Bad Company. But he's going to play drums, and Ruby Sarzo is going to play bass. And, uh, man, if this comes out, I think that'd be a great thing to buy, and hopefully it goes to charity, and 
not Paul Dano's drug addiction. Yeah. But I love Paul Dano, so check it out. Check it out anyway. Uh, I love the song. I love Paul Dano. I love Simon Kirk, and I love Rudy Sarzo. So I will definitely be buying. That. I am buying it as well. What else we got? All right. Well, here's some news, and then some backtracking, and all kinds of shit. Uh, Neil Peart has basically came out and said that he's retired. He's retired from music, and uh, he's a retired musician, and he's just going to enjoy, uh, you know, his time left. I mean, he's getting old, and he has a very young daughter. You know, as everybody knows, he lost his daughter and his wife. Very traumatic, and uh, he wants to spend what time he has left with them and not on the road. He feels like, hey, I've given, all, I've given you 40 years of my life. And he's right. Neil Peart owes us nothing. He has given us some of the greatest drumming and music ever great lyrics but now uh getty lee came out and said that those quotes were taken out of context and getty's been very adamant about he still wants to tour but they can't agree because neil is something the way he plays and a drummer that, that's the hardest fucking thing to do physically in a band is drumming and you know neil's having problems alex has uh, arthritis issues uh, but Getty's not ready to give up he said he might he, he very well may do another solo album which I loved his solo album my favorite headache I thought it was a very good album uh, so whether he does another solo album or Rush just records see I'd be very happy with them just putting out an album don't go on tour hey stay wherever you want to do go in the studio put out an album I much uh, an album will live forever. Yeah, I think uh, that will happen. I think you see. Here's the thing. I think that'll happen because that's why Getty came out and said, "You don't really retire, but I don't think Rush is going to tour anymore." But I I know the solution. The solution you can get you just fucking get call up Peter Chris, call up CC Deville, join with fucking Getty and go out as Rush. Problem solved. There you go. All right, next story. Uh, the new documentary, We Are Twisted Fucking Sister, has got an official release date. It really pisses me off. This really upsets me. Go ahead. But only in Europe. Motherfuckers. For January 29, 2006. Now, the documentary itself, which this kind of rubs me the wrong way, but trust me, I'm still going to watch it. It only covers them from their inception to write when they sign. This well, is only like the the early years. That's all right. But though. I mean, it, I, I am interested in that. Oh, I'm sure it's an amazing story. But I would, you know, me, I'm the kind of guy like when I buy, a, a, like I love uh, books that you know uh, biographies of bands. I don't start at the beginning because nine times out of ten, I find their childhood very boring. What I do is I pick out their worst album. Or the album that taped the most. And then I start there. And I read the rest. And then I go back and I read the beginning. Because I love that shit. I want to know when everything went to shit. Like with them, I would love to start with like Come Out and Play or Love is for Suckers. And then go back. But anyway. Documentary itself is over two hours long. And then there's even uh, two, two hours plus bonus features. But now here's the thing. Sometimes when you buy uh, DVDs, and they didn't even mention a Blu-ray, but sometimes uh, for us Americans, 
When you buy shit from Europe, it won't always play on your player. Yeah. Some it will and some it won't, so that's what sucks is you take a chance. Because I know I bought some stuff uh, from Europe back in the day that I could play it on my laptop. If I put it in there, it would play. But if I put it on my regular DVD player, Blu-ray player, it didn't play. So it's kind of a crapshoot yeah. on whether or not your shit will work. Right. But nowadays, what you can... Here, here's what I'd recommend if you have that problem. Now that most people have switched over to flat screens, if it'll work on your computer, take your HDMI cord and plug it into your computer, and then uh, you take that to your TV. And then even though it's playing through your computer, you can watch it on your larger screen TV. So that's what I recommend. All right. Cool. Uh, but, but I'd very much like to see that. Yeah. And... I have one last story till we take it over to your story. Oh, Ralph. fuck, dude. I have a fucking shitload. Go ahead. All right. All right. Well, this one, uh, this is hot off the press as we are recording this on Wednesday. Uh, James Hetfield was talking about the millions, the millions that Metallica has lost over the last few years. And basically what that uh, came down to was their two Orion festivals. They did one in New Jersey. They did one in Detroit. Both of them, they said they loved them, but they said they lost millions of dollars. And that's coming on the back hills of them coming out a couple weeks ago, talking about the millions of dollars that they lost on the movie Through the Never. Which, I will just say, I watched it for the first time the other day. Loved it. Loved it. I, I know, like, the fantasy shit is kind of weird, but to me, it's it's no more silly than uh, uh, you know, song remains the same. Silly shit. No, I I all, hated I hated the fantasy part. I love the show. Show was But great. it's it's all about the concert, and I gotta say, man, as somebody like I've slagged a lot of you know, post injustice for all Metallica. You know, when you even go back farther than that, uh, I thought they sounded. Great. Yep. I thought the song, I, I loved how it e ended with them playing Orion. That was my favorite part. That was my favorite oh. part. And I gotta say, Lars played great. I don't give a fuck what anybody says about Lars. On that movie, I thought he was playing amazingly. It's like, man, yeah. man I don't know why this guy gets so much shit. He's not, I mean, oh, because he's not as technical as, as uh, Lombardo and Benante. No, dude, the guy's fucking phenomenal. He's phenomenal yeah. in that movie. Fuck whatever yeah. says. Well, he, he's not as technical as Ricky Rackett or Ricky Rockin'. Come on, hey, hey, hey. I'm just kidding. He should join I Rush. It. I love it. But no, I, I watched it and uh, I really enjoyed it. And the funny thing is I watched it right after I watched uh, Some Kind of Monster, which I haven't seen in years. Oh, and my I, God. That's horrible. Oh, I still laugh at how bad they look in that one. But, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so... They've lost a shitload of money, and the one I really feel bad for out of all this is uh, Robert Trujillo or Trujillo, Trujillo or however his name, because they even talk about, yeah, they talk about in some kind of monster when he signs his contract, they're like, hey, right now we're in the middle of doing this documentary, some kind of monster, and this bombs, you don't lose any money, but from all future shit, you stand to lose, and their biggest losses of their career have been these two Orion festivals and this movie, which he was a member of. So he probably gets less of a percentage and lost more money than Kirk or Lars or James. So, uh, you know, and, and plus he's only got to do one fucking album with them. But I see why they're 
de they keep delaying the new album is because they know when the new album comes out, that's not what they're making their money off of. That's why they're still touring like crazy, playing festivals all over the world, because that's where they make their money. When this new album comes out, everybody's going to download that shit, right. whether it's good or bad. Everybody's going to download it. The money is in the touring, and that's why there's no new Metallica album, because they have to tour to make up for all these losses. So, poor Metallica, millionaires have lost millions of dollars through poor decisions. All right, Ian, uh, we don't have much time left, so I'm going to have to pick and choose here. There's a lot of stories that I'm going to have to leave out. Uh, ah, okay. One, one, I got to say. Oh, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Now you're going to have to delete another one because there's something I really need to talk to you about. Something I saw you post today, and I need some info from you. I've seen some rumblings on the internet lately. This shit about Sammy Hagar coming back. Yeah, no, that that is something Eddie Trunk said. Eddie oh, Eddie Trunk. Yeah, Eddie Trunk says Dave is out, and there's talk of Sammy coming back. That's that's something he said. But you know what? Let's not even talk about that. I'll leave this part in. But that is so an underdeveloped story. Let's just wait and see what comes out of that. I'll All right. I'll just say this: if Sammy does come back. It will justify what we've been saying all along to all these Van Halen nut swingers that think that Van Halen, I mean Van Hagar nut swingers, that Sammy with Van Halen was so huge. They made $94 million on their last tour. I doubt they're going to do the same with Sammy. Sammy Hagar, Van Hagar is very dated. There's no demand for that shit. They're not re-releasing Van Hagar albums. Nobody cares anymore. If that does happen, it's going to be such a downgrade, and they will find out, even with Michael Anthony back, they will find out that without Dave, now, in this day, it ain't the 90s anymore or the 80s, uh, it's not going to work. But Well, one, one, thing, one thing I would like to say is uh, I did find it kind of weird, you know, when that whole thing with the, uh, you know, in our own Vincent Cavanaugh, I hope I pronounced that right, Went to that thing where we were supposed to be eat him and smile reunion. Yes, I, that's part of my news, yeah. When, when initially, you know, Dave uh, wasn't scheduled to appear, it was going to be, you know, Mike Starr, Ralph Sarens or whatever from Steel Panther. Uh, and then all of a sudden Dave shows up. I was kind of thinking to myself, I was like, oh, fuck, what's, how's Eddie going to react to this? Because we all know Dave did an album with John Five that isn't released, and I just assumed that Eddie had, like, well, you're not putting out a solo album while you're in Van Halen. Right. And so I think he would try to block that, but now if Dave's doing that, it could be true. I hope it's not. But I'll tell you what, I, I agree with you. If, if Sammy comes back, then fuck you. You fuckers deserve that shit. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a bigger train wreck than the other one. It'll it'll, it'll make Eddie go back to drinking. But yeah, that, that reunion of Eat em and Smile was canceled. Because of the fire marshals. It was so insane. So many people showed up. But Dave wasn't going to sing or anything. He just showed up. Yeah, yeah. And did you see that story? Did you see who the fire marshal was? No, who? Bob Hagar. <laughs> oh, that, that, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, okay. half, half, half brother of Sammy Hagar. All right, here's another thing that really does shine light on this Guns N' Roses reunion. I don't know if you've seen this. That new Guns N' Roses slot machine that came out from Vegas. Did you see this? There's a new uh, slot machine for Guns uh, N' Roses. You were breaking up. I'm sorry. Are you, are you talking about, the, yeah, that only has Duff and Slash? And, Duff and, and Slash and Axel are the only ones that peer on. So it kind of like 
It kind of like shines light on that story that was saying that Izzy and Steven weren't going to be part of it. So, there you go. Uh, Another thing I want to talk about, and a lot of people, I don't know if you know about this, but Steve Smith has returned to Journey. Yes, I saw that. And that's really cool because, you know, I'm a big Journey fan. I would love to see it, but unfortunately they're playing down here while I'm in Europe. But Steve they're not, they're not playing yeah. in New Orleans. Well, Steve Smith said he's only going to do this for two years. Right. Well, he said before that he would only play if if uh, Perry was back. But I guess he changed his mind and needs rent paid. You know, yeah. which happens. Which is cool, man. I mean, I would love to see that. Um, uh, okay. So uh, the final lineup has been announced for Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. And uh, boy, I was really blown away by the singer he got. Some unknown guy called Ronnie Romero that's in a band called Lords of Black, and I looked I looked into this guy and there's video of him, or uh, I think it's an audio or some on YouTube, of him doing Stormbringer. The guy is fucking awesome, amazing. I think he does a, a stand up and shout or something. I heard some. The guy's an incredible, incredible singer. He also has uh, Jen uh, Jen Johansson from. Stradivarius yes. and and Ingve uh, Malmsteen and uh, Dio and he played. That's Dio. right, he played with Dio. You're right. Lock up the wolves. Now, Blackmore Knight drummer uh, David Keith and bassist Bob Nuvio, uh, aka Robert Bob Curiano, uh, ex Blackmore Knight. And uh, man, I hope this gets filmed. I just ordered online. I saw the previews of it and it looks so good. It's called the Richard oh, Blackmore. Oh Star. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just want to tell people I can't remember where I got it from, but type it up on Google because do not buy it on Amazon. They jacked it up to like forty bucks, and I got oh, it on wow. some regular website. Twenty four dollars shipping included. So look into that. If you need, right. uh, you know, write me on Facebook and I'll give you the link to what company it was. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, the Rainbow right. story. Go ahead. You got something to say? Yeah, I just want to say uh, I'm a little disturbed about the the singer because, as a lot of you know, I sing in New Orleans only John Cavern the Beaver Brown cover band, mm-hmm. and this asshole sings in New Orleans only crowded house tribute band called Don't Dream It's Over. I didn't know that. And uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I'm I'm not a fan of this guy. As a matter of fact, he owes me twenty bucks, and I don't know why. Richie Blackmore didn't call me. It's probably because I said I ain't singing anything off of fucking Down to Earth or After. Except I said I I said I'd do Stone Cold, but other than that, I just want to do all Dio and shit. Yeah, don't and worry, I, don't worry. I think after this Rainbow thing, Candace is gonna leave him, and you'll be the next Blackmore Night Singer. Hey, you never know. I think so. You never know. Next okay. story. Next story. The new Anthrax album cover. Huh? <laughs> what do you think of that crap? Uh, yeah. Uh, exactly. Uh, but I do want to yeah. talk about the 30th anniversary of spreading the disease, which I bought, and I really did enjoy it. There's a demo for Medusa on there that's like, eh, I don't know. I don't understand how they released that. That was pretty bad. But the, it does have a lot of good um, uh, live tracks and demos, really good stuff. And I also recently bought on vinyl Fistful of Metal with. Uh, uh, Armed and Dangerous and it has three unreleased demos from 1983 that are fucking awesome. Uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, the new Anthrax uh, album cover looks really bad. It, it's very pompous looking. 
but and and you know and I will get and you all know how I feel about the Pentathrax. It's just so you know oh we're not into satanic images in the 80s when they wore the goofy shorts, but now they're like you know all they do is show the horns and fucking with with, with the Pentathrax constantly. Yeah, I, I I don't have the problem with that that you do because sometimes people change, but I mean if they're just changing to be current and it's not sincere, it's not. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know because I don't know them, so I don't know if they changed their attitude on that or not. Or I know Dan Spitz had an issue with it because he's a born again Jew or some fuck. No, he's, he's, he's a born again Christian. Speaking of born again okay. Christians, uh, I know me and you will probably go back and forth, but we don't really have that much time, so let's try to um, condense this. Michael Sweet from Striper came out and said that Striper's like probably the the most rebellious band out there. And you know what? I gotta agree. I, I, I uh, Most rebellious band in the 80s? Fuck no. But now, it's not cool to be Christian rock. And they stuck to their guns and, and uh, they still sing about God. They're not as blatant as they was before. I'm enjoying Striper's new album more than all their albums. Because they've taken a new, you know, they still sing about Jesus and God, but they do it in a more, you know, uh, way that it's not so fucking hitting you over the head with Jesus, King of King, God, God, I love you, God. It's not like that anymore. But they still do sing about, you know, uh, things. But uh, I do agree that uh, it is very uh, rebellious to be Christian in this day and age where evil is in. Ah, I don't know. Fuck them. I hope they burn in hell for spreading those lies. All right. Just... I, I, I kind of knew that you were going to say that. That was our section of point counterpoint. Yeah. Ralph, you ignorant slut. Yeah, I was about to say that to you. I know. All right, I want to do want to give a plug to Denner Sherman, uh, their new album Satan's Tomb. The two, oh, gu- yeah. the two guitar players that are in, the from Merciful Fate. They have a new album with this incredible singer called Sean Peck, who I become friendly with on Facebook because I'm a big fan of his other band called Cage, and he's there. He's the singer of Denner Sherman and. Uh, I really recommend, uh, I think Cage was already one of my picks of the week, but Denner Sherman, it's an EP, it's called Satan's Tomb, and I feel like it's the best thing, best EP ever since Combat. And there's a brand new uh, video that they released for the title track, so check it out. It's very merciful fate-ish musically, and it's really fucking cool. Did you listen to the album, Neil? Ian? Oh! Yes, no? I love it. I it was really it. good. Alright, two, yeah. two people are releasing books. Grand Bonnet, which uh, I heard uh, he's been promising, he's been promising this one for a while, and Sebastian Bach. Uh, I I would How be I would be I would, in, I would be interested to hear Sebastian Bach. Sebastian Bach is a brat, and but he never really like rubbed me as a liar. So it might be a cool book, you know. Uh, new Megadeth song. And su- supposedly he has some very nasty shit to say about Ace. Oh, hello. Oh, I'm sure. You know, you, did you know that he offered Ace Frehley his wife back then, before he was in Skid Row? Oh. Yep. Okay, well, that that's what I was confused on. If if Ace offered to fuck his wife or if he no, offered no. his wife to Ace he, Frehley. He offered his wife to Ace Frehley, and Ace Frehley actually rejected it. I read that on Kiss and Tell. Uh, that guy, okay. uh, Gordon Gerber, he, he mentioned it in there. And I think it's yeah. a true story because... Gordon said, you know, Ace would fuck anything, and he was shocked that he didn't take the offer on that. Okay, um, 
John Karabi is releasing a DVD and a CD of him doing the whole Motley Crue 94 album. That is awesome. With his son on drums. So that I'm very much looking forward to. Are you? Nice. Are you looking forward yes. to Yes. We need to review that album. Um, yes. When do we get John Karabi? We will review that. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Rob Dukes said that Testament's Chuck Billy is at least partly responsible for him getting fired from Exodus. Because uh, Chuck Billy, I did not know this, is... Yeah, he manager. He, he's yeah. co-manager. And Rob Duke said some interesting things, saying, you know, if, if, if Exodus got offered, like, a Black Saboteur, like, Chuck Billy would be like, no, 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 let Testament do it. You know what I mean? So he, he didn't think it was healthy for... Chuck Billy to be their manager, and I think he has a good point. Even though I'm not a big fan of his, I'd rather have Zetro in the band, or me, but um, the thing is that I think he makes a good point. I don't think you should have a rival band frontman manage your band. You know? It's just kind of retarded, don't you think? Uh, I, I see it, and, and I don't... Uh, now, did he have something to, to do with that? I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, but I, I'm going to be quite honest, and I do love the Rob Duke albums. I really do. I mean, aside from them re-recording fucking, uh, Bonded you know, Bonded by Blood, but I love the Rob Duke era albums, and I enjoy his Generation Kill band. But, uh, okay, if you're a manager, what's a smart move? What's going to attract more interest? I do get that. Getting back together with Zetro... And I, I do think that Blood In, Blood Out is better than the Rob Duke albums. But I don't think that that's Rob Duke's fault. I just think that's what people want to hear out of Exodus. I mean, there is no there is no Paul Bailoff to go back to. But with Zetro, you do get that classic sound. So as a manager, I see it as a smart decision. So right. if, if he did or he didn't, I don't care. I fucking love Testament. I like Testament better than Exodus. So there you go. Okay, cool. Um, new Megadeth song. Like yeah. it? God good. damn. I, good. That shit was great. And I predicted it. I said, Megadeth is going to come out fucking old school thrashy. And to me, this, well, is, this is what should have followed Endgame, in my opinion. All right. But what I, what I want, I'm going on record on saying right now, while I do think that was a great song, let's hear the rest of the fucking album. I I hear a, yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be just as good one. There, there, there's some other, there's like some country guy guesting on there and, you know, I don't know, banjo, dildo, whatever shit going on there. So I want to hear the album as a whole, but as a as a teaser, as a little bit of taste, uh, love it. I love that new song. I'm very sad that neither of us, unless we travel, are going to see this new tour with suicidal tendencies. Uh, and I can't remember who the other band is. Uh, is it children? Yeah, I don't care for them. But the the very uh, the first opening band, who Dave Mustaine's son manages, I think is awesome. A band from a state I fucking hate, Colorado, Havoc. I love Havoc. Oh, Havoc is awesome. Yeah. So man, I I would be more excited to see Havoc and Suicidal Tendencies than even Metallic. I mean Megadeth because. I'll tell you what, the last couple times I saw Megadeth, it was horrible. Horrible. And, and, you know, I'm hoping there'll be... I always hope for the best, but expect the worst. But, uh, man, I would go just to see Havoc and Suicidal Tendencies. Yeah. 
another news story. Kiss is releasing headphones that are $300. What yeah, oh, wow. What do you think of that? I, I heard they are so good that they make the elders seem listenable. Oh, <laughs> actually, I was lying. It's Iron Maiden doing it. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. you Iron Maiden fans should never make fun of Kiss. Because Iron Maiden, they they really do milk it as much as Kiss does. They really do. $300 headphones. You know, it has Eddie on it. <laughs> okay. Um... Yeah, yeah, no, I, Iron Maiden's even, I mean, they, they surpassed the uh, the Kiss Casket, because now they promised uh, Resurrection. It's called Live After Death. All right. And uh, if, if you spend enough money, you'll come back, and you'll think Book of Souls was a good album. Yeah. All right. God, uh, that, that idiot from Godsmack is still fucking insane shit about Nikki Six. Oh, he God, said, I... I He's saying he's, he's an old, fat, washed-up has-been who treats people like shit. Now, isn't it funny, this guy, who barely, who, who can never, ever headline an arena, you know, and, and gonna call this guy a has-been? Dude, you're on your way out. Godsmack was just a little, uh, you know, you're, you're, you know, with Nickelback and all that shit. You're part of that little wave that nobody cares about anymore. Sully, get ready to be a real washed up husband because at least Nikki Six is what 30 years into her career and I'm sorry I'm not one to defend Nikki Six but I'm telling you I saw you know because I got free passes to House Coop and all that shit I went to go see Motley Crue here at the American Airline Arena fucking place was packed you cannot do that so you know you're one to talk you know you know what you know what tour I really want to see is Godsmack Disturbed and creep, and then I want ISIS to attack. Oh, you know? oh man! Ouch! True, true story. Oh, oh yeah. All yeah. right. Speaking of something just as absurd, Joe Elliott's uh, Def Leppard. Joe Elliott came out and said once again, "We've always been more pop than metal." Uh, somebody should play him the first two albums. Idiot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess ACDC's pop too, because you know High and Dry yeah. is pretty much ACDC. And 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 on through the night is pretty much new wave of British heavy metal meets the sweet. Come on, man! You're gonna tell me like shit like it could uh could be you or answer to the master and wasted. That's pop. Oh. Fuck you. Fuck. Oh god, I think I think it was one of uh, one of my favorite fans on the Facebook page. He led the uh, drunk lives matter in the free Wadzilla campaign, and that's Jimmy Schwartz. <laughs> Drugs, and, uh, drugs live yeah, matter. Drugs. I, missed, I missed that one. <laughs> oh, you didn't see all those? No, I see. I see. I seen some of them, but that one I missed. Oh yeah, yeah. Every 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 time he put up something, he showed people protesting all over the out the world, and it was all about the drunk lives. Uh, he came up with free Wildzilla, and I was like, what about drunk lives matter? And so he adopted <laughs> that. All but right. anyway, he he sent me a a video of Death Leopard doing. Oh God! I, one of my favorite fucking uh, Death Leopard. I think it was Stage Fright. Oh my God! It was horrible. It was horrible, you know. And he liked it, but I was like, you know, I'm all for like, hey, give it a try. And oh my God! It sounded like such complete ass. I think he's saying that to defend for whatever kind of. It's probably easy for him to sing the pop shit than it is the metal shit, you know. And, um, you know, fuck that. Really, I've not given a fucking 
frogs fed ass about them since fucking Pyromania. I mean, whatever. All right, well, now I'm going to go into uh, a, a band you probably don't like, but, you know, this is just me paying you back for new stories of bands I hate. Uh, okay. The new Dream Theater song. Have you heard it? Are you into them? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm into them, but I don't hate them. Uh, I, I appreciate... I'm a musician nerd. I love... Like, if you've got a really good musical band, there, there's a lot of shit I appreciate on a musical level. And Dream Theater is one of those I totally respect. They are mad musicians. Uh, but they're one of those bands, like, I've got to be in the mood to think, you know? Okay, well, uh, my, I'm a fan of Dream Theater, but they've made a lot of stuff I don't like. Uh, I didn't. I really didn't like that last album they did with the new drummer and Rangini. I thought it was it was just rehashing images and words type stuff. Where this new song I heard, I liked it a lot, though it did remind me a bit of the Metropolis album, which I love, uh, Scenes of a Memory. And uh, I just heard one song so far, and I was really impressed. And now I'm kind of like interested in Dream Theater again because not since Systematic Chaos I've really uh, uh, looked at. I got I got to see the, the last tour with uh, with Portnoy when they were opening up for Iron Maiden on the Final Frontier tour, uh-huh. and uh, and I tell you what, it live I thought they were incredible. I really thought they were. No, they're, they were they're great. a great band. I, I I don't think that that uh, that bass player is human, by the way. I think that is. Oh, a, oh that is yeah. a, I think that's a robot. Um, oh, yeah. And 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 so is like fucking uh, what's his name? Um, God, why am I having a brain fart? The guitar player. Uh, John Petrucci. Petrucci, man, God, that guy's that guy's really heavily into steroids these days, huh? Yeah. Anyway, and, that, of, and that's of, why that's why he's losing his hair. Out of nowhere, this guy becomes like fucking Hercules. Yeah. But don't do those steroids because it shrinks your balls and you lose your hair. Yeah. So, so Eric Jordan, I'm worried about you because <laughs> you're pump you're pumping up like a motherfucker, and that's cool. But man, don't sacrifice your balls and your hair. You know, just All saying. right. Well, here's another band. I don't. I mean, you may you may not be aware of At the Gates, are you? Uh, are you a fan? Uh, who At the Gates? Yeah, I've heard of them. I know nothing. Okay, they they have a lot of good albums. A lot of death metal fans don't like them that much because they they brought kind of like melody uh, into the death metal. But they have. Uh, now, now I will say this. Then I'm gonna give them a chance because I know a shit ton of people. That hates six feet under because it's not a thousand blast beats, and I like the fact that it's like the but with like ACDC guitars. Oh, so I'll well, check them out. Check it out. They, they have an album called Slaughter Souls. That's the one I would recommend, and that's why I'm bringing it up because there's going to be a, a 30 minute documentary on that album from Banger Films. You know the guy that did. Uh, oh, nice, Sam Dunn. Sam Dunn. So he's yeah. doing a documentary. It's 30 minutes. I don't know where it's going to show up, but. I found that kind of interesting. I was like, okay, cool. All right, my next story is, uh, I should have brought this up earlier when we were talking about Jimmy Page. Uh, Jimmy Page laughs at Keith Richards' uh, remarks on Led Zeppelin being hollow. But he was also very gentleman about it. Ah, that's Keith, blah, 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 blah. Keith Richards, uh, if none of you are aware, uh, has released a solo album. Since he's released a solo album, he's bashed Black Sabbath. Led Zeppelin and just about every fucking band on his son, you know, to promote his album. And I just see him as a old fucking coot that just wishes oh. he was Zizzy Stradlin. And, and I, I will say this: uh, I love 
love the Stones. I always say this, the greatest band of all time is the Beatles, the greatest rock and roll band. I'm not talking metal, I'm talking rock and roll is the Rolling Stones. But uh, his new solo album, half-ass, dude, half-ass. And I think all this shit is to get attention and I think that's why people like Jimmy Page, who he's been friends with since the fucking 60s, aren't taking major offense to this. Because they know it's just him. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give him a little... I mean, if you're Keith Richards, you can you can be a dick. All right? But uh, it's just unfortunate that he's not putting out a solo album that warns you. Like, if he put out, like, Talk is Cheap or uh, the album after that, his first two solo albums were amazing. This one... Sounds like a tired old man. And when he does the interviews, he sounds like a tired, grumpy old man. So, there you go. Yeah, and to Black, uh, Bash Black Sabbath, oh boy, we got to end this show. So, this next story, I got only a couple left. Hey, we're well, not... I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. You know who famously uh, bashed Black Sabbath was John Paul Jones. And I, I did love not John know Paul that. Jones. Did he? Oh, yeah. This is a, a famous quote. Actually, it's in the first... You remember the Led Zeppelin box set that came out in 1990? Yes, I bought it. Yeah, uh, look through the booklet, that big-ass booklet. Yeah. When he talks about an album we're going to be talking about very soon called Led Zeppelin 3, uh, his quote was, yeah, after that, nobody compared us to Black Sabbath anymore. Well, that's not really bashing Black Sabbath. Well, well, it, it is a little elitist. It's like, yeah, we're way more elevated than, than Black Sabbath. So it, it is, a, and I love John Paul Jones. I think yeah. he's a fucking genius. I think he's the most underrated member of the band. And I think, you know, fuck Plant Page for fucking him over when they did their little reunion, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's a swipe at Black Sabbath. But it's no different than that shitty review we talked about earlier. Black Sabbath is a band by fans, for yeah. fans, for the common people. Yeah. And, and and they don't try to they don't try to be anything that they're not, and neither do we. And sometimes artists that we look up to, they got a little bit of like, uh, we're superior. Yeah, and and Black Sabbath was a band that was like no other band at the time. And we're a podcast that's like no other podcast. You fucking a right. We are the Black Sabbath of podcasts, man. And we had a review. Remember that? That was one of the last uh, iTunes we did last time. I mentioned iTunes reviews. He called us the Black Sabbath of podcast. Yeah, there we are. We 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 fucking invented a new type of yeah. podcast. It's, yeah, it's like fuck your mom podcast. That's that should be our genre. Fuck your mom. All right. Exactly. So enjoy this shit before I kick Ralph out and get Ronnie James Dio. Yeah, or you know somebody <laughs> somebody somebody that can speak without a lisp and without a stutter. Somebody with superior talking abilities. Anyway. Here's uh okay I got three more stories to go. Fuck it. Go, we're going go. we're going over two hours with this fucking episode. Yeah, what are you we saying? Are. We can put it up as long as we want, right? It's and hey, we do whatever the fuck we want. We're the Rocky right. Combat Podcast. Edward Van Halen. I should have brought this up when we were talking about Eddie Van Halen. Came out and talked about his four favorite riffs. Yeah, I saw God that. damn, they're good riffs, dude. First yeah. one and the first one he mentions. Black Sabbath, Into the Void. Into the Void, yes. And, you know, I always knew uh, Van Halen were, you know, big-time Sabbath fans, which, by the way, anybody out there, recently, out of nowhere, somebody's putting up a bunch of rare Van Halen club shows, songs off club shows, 
that are soundboard and there's a really excellent version of them in the 70s soundboard quality of them doing tomorrow's dream and it's really good uh okay oh, wow yeah you got to hear it it sounds awesome uh cream sunshine of your love was another one of his uh he's a big clapton fan i'm not really never really been into cream but whatever deep purple burn fuck yeah what a and this is the most yeah. shocking out of all of them and i was like fuck yeah acdc's down payment blues how badass well, is that i i don't know if you're familiar with this you might be but he said panama was his version of an acdc song Oh. He wrote that as, as an old day CDC. That and if you, if you if you think of the riff that, you know, it's total ACDC. I hear you, I hear you. Uh, Judas Good. Priest, they want to make a new album. Go for it. Fuck yeah, man. I liked Redeemer of Souls, and I think this Richie Faulkner guy, and I am one of those K.K. Downing purists. I want K.K. Downing back. I'm pissed he's not in the band, but... Richie Faulkner is one of those exceptions where I can deal with Priest without KK. And that's hard for me to do because, I, you know, I can't do Sabbath without Bill Ward. And then, um, right. you know, but I can really accept this. So no. I'm looking... It, 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 it is, I admit that, it really is hard to accept them without KK. Um, this guy's great, man. He, he has the passion and he wants to be there, and it's evident, and I, I, I love that. It KK's not there because of KK. Yeah. It's it's no, it, you know, they didn't kick KK out. KK said, "I'm stepping away for whatever reasons," and God bless him, he's KK. He can do whatever he wants. But Richie Faulkner wants to be there, wants to contribute to the legacy, and I'm all for that. And you know, I the mean, same how, way, how long can they keep going? Give me more right. priests before it's done, please. You know, and, and that's just like what I was saying with Sabbath. I would much rather see an album than a tour. It, you know, I would love to see a tour, but if I had my pick, an album will live forever. All right, okay, we're down to the last news story, Ian. But then I have one little All thing right. to say after the news story. Oh, so do I. But okay, go good. Um, I gotta say, man, I was completely blown away and by far I have to say it is the greatest show I've ever seen on Blu-ray captured on film you all have oh, to see yeah. Roger oh, yeah. Waters The Wall on Blu-ray it is breathtaking not only the show is amazing like what we were talking about earlier with Metallica throwing in those stupid little scenes in between songs well Roger Waters did it right like the, oh, be yeah. the beginning of the movie, it doesn't go into the show. It shows him hanging out. Then he walks onto a cemetery. You saw this movie? You saw it? Yes. It's he, amazing. He walks onto a cemetery. You know, it's like a, one of those uh, veteran, you know, people that died in the wall. Takes out a trumpet and starts playing those few notes that you know from the wall. Like, da, 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 da. it is. So, and then it goes right into the show. It. I saw the tour. I saw the tour twice. It came down uh, here. I, I didn't see it. Oh, my God. I saw the Oh Well, I'll tell you this, Ian. You did not have to be at that show. Because right. this... I have never seen a fucking show captured so well. Because what you saw is what I saw. Right. And well, especially if you watch it on a nice big screen like I have, you know? What, what I did see that was amazing, and you might have been there, at West Palm, 
Uh, did you go yes. see when Roger Waters yes. did uh, Dark, Dark Side of the Moon? Yes, and I saw him again over there when he did like that mishmash where he played dogs and... Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, another show you and me were at when we didn't know each other. Right. Yeah, so, but but the wall, I thought was the best time I ever saw Roger Waters. To me, it was like in my top five greatest shows I ever saw in my life. And it came down here in 2010, then it came back a year later, and I had to go see it again. It's just phenomenal. It's not exactly the wall. It is like everything you heard in the wall is on there, but it also has like, he does little things that aren't on the album, and he also does that extended thing that they took out of the album that is in the movie. You know that the oh, animation yeah. where the guy's clubbing yeah. the dude over yeah. there. Should we buy a new guitar? Yeah, there, yeah. that, that, that that's shit. in that version. It is just so well made, and dude, and comfortably numb, dude. I teared up, man. I teared up, and I didn't tear up when I saw it live, but I teared up watching this version because it showed people in the crowd singing it and crying because that song is so emotional, and I don't give a fuck. That's one of those songs that never gets burnt out. And in my opinion, it is the most emotional guitar solo ever captured on, on tape. So Roger Waters, The Wall, that Blu-ray is so fuck. I still haven't, it brings two discs. I still, I only got it the other day. So I haven't watched the second disc yet, the bonus material, which I guess will be a future pick of the week where I will talk about it. But I highly recommend, I guess that's my pick of the week. Uh, right there. Tomorrow I'll have another pick of the week on the on the Black Sabbath show, but highly recommend The Wall. Now, I have one last thing to say, but Ian, I've been babbling too much. Let me save my voice for a little bit. Say what you had to say, and then I'll say my last thing. All right. Uh, my pick of the week is somebody that I saw in Oakland, California at the airport, but I was too nervous to go up and say hi to because he looked like he was having a bad day. I saw Rick Springfield <laughs> at the airport in Oakland. Wow. And I I love Rick Springfield, but man, Rick Springfield's like in his 60s now, and he just looked like frustrated, and he was sitting, he was sitting, you know, it looked like with his band and his old lady, and I kind of, I kept doing a double take, and his old lady was like smiling at me because she knew, I knew who it was, but I was like, you know what? He just looked like he—he's not in the mood to hear about the Rock and Metal Combat podcast because that's what I really wanted to tell him about. And that—and I love "Don't Talk to Strangers," my favorite Rick Springfield song. Yes, it's better than Jesse's Girl. If you don't know "Don't Talk to Strangers," YouTube that shit. But uh, man, somebody from my childhood, dude. When I was a little kid, Rick Springfield was fucking cool as shit. Even though he covered that horrible uh, Sammy Hagar song, I'll Do Anything For You. But, uh, yeah, I, kids, I saw Rick Springfield in the Oakland airport. Uh, but I, I didn't talk to him. So, uh, yeah, I, I, dude, I, I dig it. I dig Rick Springfield. All right, this is the last thing I want to talk about. This has been. This is going to be like a two-hour-and-a-half show. That's awesome. Put it all up here. Uh, That's all news. Yeah. It's all news. God damn, our fans will eat this shit yeah, up. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be like, look, not only do we get an episode, we get a two and a half hour episode or whatever. You know, yeah. it's gonna be close. It's gonna be over two hours. That's for sure. I I, I tell you what, this is one of the you know, and I, I'll give it to you, uh, fully admit, Ralph, this was your idea. He's like, hey, let's do some news, and I agreed right away. I'm like, this sounds awesome. So many people love the news segment. So of here. Here you go. This is fucking the news fucking 
uh, I don't know what, times 10, man. And this is our, our Merry Christmas to you. Our thank you for what an amazing year we've had in 2015. And 2016, it, it's going to be even fucking bigger. But thank you, everybody. I just want to say thank you so much to the fans, to the other podcasters that support us, to everybody. Let me tell you something. We are the piss stain on your couch. You're going to have to flip the little thing over, for, and then we're going to piss on the top again. You're going to have to throw away the couch because we are not going away. We are a piss stain on the podcast world. Yes. Frickin' frack. Yes. yes. <laughs> so this is my last story, and, I, and, and it's just basically I want to thank Mr. Scott Green for making, for giving me the opportunity to be on that metal station, for doing that metal show, uh, that metal station, uh, my the, the Dr. Fuck show, which basically has turned into Ask Dr. Fuck now. Uh, it's grown. It's, it's getting a lot of people. Now Scott Green is making a shirt uh, for the Dr. Fuck show. And, uh, you know, Scott Green doesn't ask for money. He, you know, he, he lets us do all this shit for free. And I was telling him, dude, you know, because they're jacking up the price on copyright bullshit. And I'm like, dude, let the DJs, let us all contribute. He, he refuses to take our money. Kind of like Ian. Ian refused to take my money, too, with this podcast. So he's releasing a shirt, and I'm buying one, whole price, because he was going to give me one. I said, no. And then I told him, dude, if you don't ha- let me buy this whole price, I quit the show. And I strong-armed him. So there is a Dr. Fuck show, shirt coming out soon. And in 2016, me and Ian are going to get together and we're going to release a rock and metal combat podcast shirt. We got to come up with a cool design or something. And uh, I have an idea already. So, yeah, we're going to do something like that. And uh, we are coming at the the end of uh, the year, 2015. Uh, If you're listening to this now recently, uh, Check out the Dr. Fuck show. It's going to be live this Thursday. But on Christmas, I'm going to have a Christmas special. I know, Ian, you hate Christmas songs. My, my episode is going to be all metal Christmas songs. And, you know, dude, there's a Christmas songs by black metal bands, death metal bands. They're hysterical. You got to check it out. And at the end of the year, uh, on New Year's Eve, because the thing is, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve fall on a Thursday this year. So, um... I'm going to be doing the best of. I already made the episode. So I'm going to be doing the best of 2015 with songs nothing but 2015. So I hope you guys tune in. And I hope you guys tune in and join the chat room because it's a lot of fun. I get drunk. That's, you know, unlike Ian, I can't drink in daytime. Ian can. I get drunk at nighttime. I'm yes. like, and Thursday's my day off. You know, the day I chill at my house. Thursday and Friday. Thursday I chill at my house. I get drunk. And then do my show and then Friday I go out and I you know I wet my dick but my point is that there is a Dr. Fuck shirt I hope you guys buy one because um, you know Scott Green is such a great guy and he deserves to get paid for all this stuff he's so generous and he gives us all this free reign and he puts up you know he came to the Rock and Metal Combat and asked us please can you do your shirt uh, shit live and we're like no he's like okay I, I need you anyway okay so, you know, he, he plays along with us, and he's a great guy, and I salute yes, him, I salute Metal Mike, uh, and every DJ that's on uh, that metal station, everybody that listens to my show, and every show on there, and everybody that's listening right now to this podcast, you know, we love you all, you guys rule, even that guy that left a bad 
uh, review. If you're listening now, thank you. You know, I, I, I'm, I, you know, it's if I'm annoying you even more, uh, that's that's fine. But you're listening. That's all that matters. Just listen, right, Ian? That's true. And here's something. All right, here's a little idea I want to throw out, and I haven't even mentioned this to Ralph yet, but. We are, in a couple months, we're going to come up on our 100th episode, which is landmark for this shit that, you know, me and Ralph came up with this shit, you know, talking about it on Facebook, and it's become this huge thing, and uh, this is something I'm interested in doing. I would like the fans, the true fans, the people that tune in every week and spread the word. How about this? If you have the technology, you have the computer and all this shit, and you can do stuff, take your favorite moments from past episodes and, and and do like a quality like little snippet thing and send it to us that's, uh, that's something I'd like to do for the 100th episode where just the fans send in their favorite moments from the past 100 episodes and we just mix it together and you know one great big 100 like thank you episode what do you think about that Ralph? That would be amazing I mean I, I thought of doing that but Jesus man I, I really don't have whoa, the time whoa. Right, right, well, here's the thing, and, it's like, and we don't know what the fan favorites are. There's episodes where I think I'm way too drunk, and, like, I don't think I did that great a job, but other people are like, oh, that's one of my favorite fucking episodes or moments. So if you have the technology and you're a fan, like, you know, go through a past episode, put out the little snippet you think is the best thing, uh, you know, that we did, the funniest thing, the shit that made you decide you are a fucking rock and metal combat lifer, and, and send it to us. And if we get enough of them, I would love to do this for a 100th episode. Yeah, I, I agree. And so, Ian, let's uh, wind this down. I got to go to work. I got to take a shower. I got to eat. I got to do a lot of stuff in just yeah. a half hour. So yeah, I got to pass out. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, you, and you got to work tomorrow. So let's uh, bring this to an end. But tomorrow, if you're listening to this as we air it on Saturday, tune in to the volume four review uh where we review my favorite black sabbath album it's gonna be awesome all right oh by the way ian you didn't mention the guest that we have on volume four tomorrow Did we have a guest <laughs> don't you end the show you with that bullshit come on awesome. make make up who's gonna be there and next and tomorrow we're gonna have Barney Miller star Abe Vigoda review volume four Black Sabbath with us. There you go. That's tomorrow's dream. And then Ron Jeremy's coming in to give us tips how to sh- uh, trim your mustache. There you go. Tomorrow on the Rockin' Metal. No, you do it. That's your shit. That's tomorrow <laughs> on the Rockin' Metal Combat Podcast. I don't believe me. <laughs> <laughs>